everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to our Monday Night Podcast. We are People Against Covert Torture and Surveillance International. I'm Derek Robinson, the moderator. It is Monday, May 16th, 2016. We are here on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, if you'd like to join us live, to educate and assist those who are targets of organized stalking, remote electronic assaults, and more, and to let you know that you are not alone and that there are many thousands and millions of us nationwide and worldwide working together for our freedom. Views expressed during our podcast are solely those of our callers. Our guest this evening is Tyrone Dew, and he is here to share with us about his latest interview with multimillionaire John McAfee and his upcoming projects. And now for a few announcements. For those of you who may not have heard, Dave Voigt has finally set off on his walk across America in a bold venture to educate the American public about electronic harassment and targeted individuals. So we wish him God's speed and God's blessings on his journey. The left form will be this coming weekend from Friday to Sunday, May 20th to 22nd, 2016, in New York City. Activities include workshops, panels and speakers, and a range of topics that concern the left, such as COINTELPRO, 9-11, Black Liberation, women's issues, gay rights, progressive politics, and for the first time this year, electronic harassment, with Dr. Seth Farber, who has been featured on some of our conference calls in the community, and electronic harassment technology expert, Todd Giffen. For more information, you may visit their website, leftforum.org. The next meeting of the Central New York Support Group will be Saturday, May 21st at the Manlius Library Conference Room, 1 Archie Albany's Avenue in Manlius, New York at 2.30 p.m. For more information, please contact Sharon Thayer at sthayer, T-H-A-Y-E-R, at T-W-C-N-Y. .rr.com. The next meeting of the Seattle Support Group will be this Sunday, May 22nd, at the Broadview Library from 1 to 3.30 p.m. For more information, the contact person is Curtis Kimball at 817-901-8720. There will be a meeting of um, the International International TI meeting on Saturday, May 28, 2016 in Rotterdam, the Netherlands in regards to the making of a documentary film. The organizer for more information is Peter Mooring at Peter PM at X as in X-ray, S as in Sam, the number four, 
all.ml. Thanks to all of you who are joining PAX. It is much appreciated. Our membership is $25, which can be sent via PayPal, and there are three methods to donate. You can send directly to our email address, which is info at paxmtl.org, or you may click the donate button at our website, which is paxmtl.org, or access our PayPal link, which is paypal.me slash paxmtl. You may also mail in your, your donation, which is, um, can be done by mail, by check or money order, made payable to Pax International, and mail to Pax International, P.O. Box 5405, in Hammett, California, 92544. All right, our guest this evening is Tyrone Dew, who has been diligently creating an activism career for himself as an ambassador for our issues similar to Dave Voigt's Walk Across America. And lately, Tyrone has visited with multimillionaire John McAfee, creator of the brand of antivirus software we're all familiar with. And he says that John and Robert Duncan are looking at developing a firewall for the human mind. So Tyrone's activism is now starting to make an impact on our community, and we wish him continued success. And he has already some ideas for his next project. And so here to tell us about his travels on behalf of the community is Tyrone Dew. So Tyrone, if you could start eight, and I will unmute your line. Okay, Tyrone, you there? Okay, hi. Hi, welcome, Welcome to the call. And uh, yeah, I was astonished to learn that you had finally met with uh, multimillionaire John uh, McAfee and saw his, his picture, which is posted on Facebook uh, with you and him, you know, and everything very friendly. So um, could you t- share with our callers about this visit with John? Yeah, not a problem. First of all, I'd like to say thank you for the um, you know wonderful introduction. Um, I appreciate it. Um, the meeting with John uh, McAfee has been in the works for almost over a year now. Um, I, when I first heard about him running for president, he started started making comments about electromagnetic attacks and how the um, you know the country is ill prepared for it. So I thought that you know our issue would be you know perfectly aligned with uh, what he's talking about, seeing as how uh, we're you know the human anatomy is being attacked with. Uh, electromagnetic weapons and other forms of directed energy weapons. Um, you know, so I did a lot of research. Um, I found a conference that he was at in Colorado, the Rocky Mountain Information Security Conference. So I put together a little presentation. Um, also got my gift bag together with the copy of my book, a pamphlet that I designed over, what, two years ago. Um, a What else was in there? A T-shirt. Not the Aaron Alexis and Myra May T-shirt, but it had the a newer T-shirt that I designed uh, at the bottom that says, uh, do you understand the capabilities or do you know the dangers of weapons emitting invisible frequencies? And I also gave him a business card with Robert Duncan's uh, name and phone number on the back. Uh, During the first few seconds of the meeting before he had his speech, I had an opportunity to talk to him. We took a picture, and I was able to get through my 
presentation. Um, if you go on my Twitter page or if you look at, I believe it was um, uh, Robert Duncan's Facebook page, there may also be another picture showing uh, satellites and cell phone towers uh, with signals attacking the human brain. So I pretty much, you know, when I approached him, I said, hey, John, um, I see that you, you know, made some comments about the human anatomy being, not the human anatomy, but the country being ill-prepared for electromagnetic attacks. I say, do you know that the human body, the human anatomy is also vulnerable uh, to electromagnetic weapons and other forms of directed energy weapons? He says, yes, I have heard of that. I say, well, look, I have an idea for um, McAfee shielding, you know, seeing as how you are the only presidential candidate who will understand what we're talking about. There are several thousands of us who are uh, victimized by these weapons for non-consensual human experimentation. And he took a look at it, and, you know, we got to talking for a few minutes, and he says, hey, can we uh, finish the discussion after, uh, after my speech? I said, okay, not an issue. Uh, during the speech, during question and answer, I did ask him, uh, you know, hey, do you know that these weapons are able to attack the human anatomy? He says, yes, we spoke about this briefly, and, um, you know, let's continue the conversation afterwards. Of course, this is something that no one really wants to openly discuss, uh, in front of a large group uh, for, for, you know, obvious reasons we all know. Uh, but after the meeting, he, he and I, we spoke for a second outside. Um, he says, you know what, I'm going to give you a test. I said, well, what's the test, <laughs> you know? He says, you really know Robert Duncan? I says, yes, I'm not going to say we're the best of friends or anything, but I've interviewed the guy over a year ago, um, you know, and I wrote a book about my personal experiences before these two young men uh, committed the mass shootings. That was their direct, um, you know, that was their motive. And when he found out that Myron May was an assistant trial attorney, he, he was more so like, you know, floored, like, what the hell? You know, this was an intelligent guy. And then he heard about Aaron Alexis being an information technician. So the careers that those young men had and what their motive was, was something that, um, you know, kind of made sense to him. Then um, he says, "Well, I tell you what, get Robert Duncan on the phone right now. Um, let's say that let's say that all this is real, and let's say that I am interested. Uh, you know, could you really put me in contact with the guy who can, you know, um, develop help help develop shielding?" I says, "Yes, Robert Duncan helped develop voice of God weapons." I called him. Uh, luckily, Robert picked up the phone, and they had a brief two or three minute conversation about. Uh, you know, not exactly what it would take to develop shielding, but Robert did explain to him that, yes, I am Robert Duncan. I can develop shielding from these technologies. Unfortunately, I don't have the finances. Uh, then McAfee talked to Robert and told him, hey, you know what? I'm, sitting, I'm standing here with an interesting young man who's pretty much telling me something I've never heard before from any other uh, citizen, you know, and he doesn't look like someone who should be out here just talking about this stuff, and he has a really interesting presentation in front of me. Do you know him? He says, uh, you know, is his name Tyrone Dude? He says, yes. He says, yeah, I know that guy. He's always, uh, you know, he's someone that I've known. He's a victim that I've inter that's interviewed me, and he's always diligently trying to figure out ways to explain, uh, you, know, what, you know, what his experiences are and also trying to get people to not only believe him but to um, – you know, get some kind of shielding for this. John, uh, John McAfee says, you know what, I tell you what, uh, you guys will be hearing from me. I will be busy for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I hope that, you know, these phone numbers are good, and I will definitely contact you to, uh, you know, work on something in the future. So the door was, you know, the door was open. 
Um, and he did not say that he is not going to contact us. He was diligently and, and he was persistent in, in saying that, hey, I'm a man of my word and you will hear from me. So that's something that the community has to look forward to. Wow, that is an excellent story, uh, Tyrone. That is just amazing. So um, I wonder if uh, Robert has heard anything further from him. You know, I, I don't know for sure. I haven't talked to Robert in a few days. I was busy. I went and met with Jeremy Scahill the day after I met with uh, with uh, John McAfee. Uh, I had actually contacted Jeremy back in 2013, uh, way before I went to the Super Soldier Summit, a couple months before my book was actually published, while it was in the process of being published. And um, if you look at my Twitter account, you'll see that I'm not just, you know, full of it. Um, you'll see the tweets where I'm actually saying, hey, you know, uh, can you please help me raise awareness about uh, the um, satellite electronic harassment using directed energy weapons to tort to terrorize uh, citizens? And this, I believe, this is during a time when uh, Michael Hastings was, uh, you know, was killed in the car accident. So um, I met with Jeremy. Also, he seemed very interested in trying to cover this. He just says, you know what? I don't know if this is true uh, or not, but I do believe that these kind of things can happen. He says that he gets several emails from us, you know, from the community, and he's, you know, as soon as he gets time, he'll also take a look into seeing if there's any, you know, validity. So I gave him also a copy of my book, a, a pamphlet, a T-shirt, and also a uh, business card, Robert Duncan's name on it and, and phone number, told him, hey, you know what, you don't have to contact me. You know, I'm just a victim, but, you know, the valid information comes from this guy here. Okay, that that's also an excellent uh, contact because um, you know he's in in connection with um, what Edward Snowden is doing, and if that information were kind of uh, um, attached to what what Edward uh, Edward's information, that could be uh, major news somehow. Um, the American public is familiar with. Um, with 24-7, and they suspect the NSA is listening to their phone calls, but if people came to realize that NSA was also affecting their thoughts, affecting their health, affect, affecting their jobs, affecting their life, you know, affecting their children, if they realize the extent to which these agencies have spied on and tried to control them, there would be, there would be, mass, uh, there would be mass uprising. So um, we're trying to make everyone aware of the extent to which these anti-agencies have um, their type of uh, technology they have to influence and actually control our lives. So, um, you, know, you know, any of these uh, efforts that you're doing, Tyrone, could really, uh, can really open, open the dam, you know. So that's basically what we're looking to see happen, you know, between uh, what you're doing, between what uh, Dave is doing, Dave White, uh, and plus other projects that uh, that we don't quite see. Um, I think this is, um, these are definitely possible avenues for this information to come um, really just uh, cascading into the public view. So we're hoping to see that happen sometime soon. So thanks for everything that you are doing. You guys are very welcome. I mean, you know, I don't just do this for myself. There are thousands of us who are suffering, and 
Um, you know, if one of us can make a difference to where the whole community can uh, be affected positively, you know, then it works for us. Um, I will say this, though. I'd like to thank, uh, you know, a few of the people who did support uh, when I did need donations, uh, one of them being Ken. You know, he always has supported. Um, there's also a few other TIs. I don't know if they want me to, you know, mention their names or not. But this is not easy, you know. This is not something that's cheap, um, you know, to fly from place to place. I'll, you know, I do the best that I can. I use my own finances. Uh, you know, I am still homeless, um, you know. But if anyone out there for my next venture uh, can, you know, is willing to help, um, I don't really like to say exactly what it is that I'm doing because of the, you know, as we all experience the obvious reasons, uh, the people who show up at places where you are and try to thwart your efforts, you know, that does happen. I uh, don't think that I'm exempt from it because I'm not. <laughs> it happens to me also. Um, you know, I also deal with the force seats when I get attacked with the directed energy weapons, but I still persist, you know. I just don't give up. Uh, but if anyone wants to donate, I have another event in about two or three weeks uh, meeting with someone who can, who's also familiar with the technology, um, who may also want to um, help with uh, developing shielding or also bringing it to the, uh, it's a presidential candidate, okay? I'll just tell you guys that, and I have a personal meeting with this person. Um, you know, some of the times I go places and uh, people see me and they're interested in what I'm doing, and they say, hey, do you remember when you and I met? And sometimes I have to say, no, I don't, you know, but can you remind me? And it's people that I've met when I was successful, you know, and when they figure out what I'm doing now, as long as I look clean and I'm able to present them a copy of my book, I can, you know, I don't look like the destitute person that I am, uh, they're willing to help, you know. They are definitely willing to help. So there is another presidential candidate that I get to talk to, uh, but I don't have the finances to fly from place to place. You know, I don't even have finances to stay in an Airbnb. Um, so if anyone wants to donate to my PayPal, it's uh, you can use my website. Not my website. You can use that, but you can use my email address of tiawareness at yahoo.com. And, you know, any donation helps. Uh, it doesn't have to be a large donation. You know, small donations and numerous numbers help. Uh, but this next one, I think this may be even more newsworthy than uh, John McAfee. You know, him talking to Robert Duncan, that was a huge plus for us. Uh, but this next meeting is someone who, he's in the news just about every day. <laughs> he's okay, well, you don't, you don't have to say who it is because you know what happens if you do that. But um, but that's great. You know, you were telling me for several weeks uh, prior to your meeting with John McAfee that um, – you were meeting with a multimillionaire. So I was like, wow, great. So yeah. then I got news that you had met with him and Robert Duncan was posting pictures of you and him on Facebook. And I was like, oh, wow. So uh, anyway, you're doing a great job, um, Tyrone, and you have um, you know, carved a niche in this community for your type of activism, which is just tremendous. We do need an ambassador through these people that are rich and famous, that uh, would be willing to uh, to help, you know, this cause because, you know, everyone has a stake in this issue. Everyone, no matter who they are. Um, see, there was a question from the chat room and they were wondering how long ago was your meeting with uh, Mr. McAfee? It was actually on the 11th of May. It was May the 11th, so it was only, you know, four days ago. Okay, it was four days ago. Yep, four days ago. I posted the video the same day that I um, that I met with him, and 
you know, it was that was the same day he talked to Robert. It's you know, it's really interesting. If I had someone else there with me, we could have filmed him talking to Robert, and that really would have, you know, made for um, you know, good good information for us. You know, could have wow. really gave us more more of an up of a uplifting feeling. But you know, I, I do the best I can. You know, even though I'm by myself most of the time. Okay, so have you talked to Robert since that conversation? I I have not had a chance to talk to Robert. I have literally been traveling from Colorado to other places, you know, meeting with Jeremy, and then I needed a day or two to rest. I got kind of sick, you know. When you get to traveling and you're going through all these different climates, um, you know, you, 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 you get sick. You know, you get sore throats, you get colds. I have sinuses. <laughs> you know, so I guess I'm pretty much a nerd. But uh Okay, you know, well, you know, keep up you know, keep up with um with Robert and yeah, make sure know. that um you know, that connection between him and um and hopefully um Mr. McAfee that, that happens. Uh, I know he's busy running for president, um but um at his level, he can afford to talk to a few people here and there. So, yes, um, so anyway, that's that's great news that he was interested in what you were saying. So that is important. So, I mean, that's, you know, hopefully that, um, you know, because, you know, not everybody is interested in what you have to say. Um, some people have to be convinced. They have, you know, they don't believe what's happening. And sometimes you have to browbeat them into just the basic things. But this is someone <laughs> who received your information and said, are you serious? And if so, well, you know, he's ready to put some money up to uh, to a deal with the situation. So that was excellent. So that was just, you were right on time then, Tyrone. You were right on time. Thank you. Okay, um, and then uh, there's Jeremy, and we need to stay in touch with him because, you know, he has the contacts, and if people uh, come to realize the extent to which we as a nation are being compromised, then um, through them or wh- wherever else, then that will be major. That will be the, that will be the, uh, the link that we need that will, where everything will come spilling out to the public. And uh, we'll have to see what that event will be, but something like that is coming somewhere. Yeah. You know, Derek, oh. uh, before I get off the phone, I would suggest uh, any of you who are able to put something together uh, just about your electronic assaults, um, I would encourage that you email uh, Jeremy because uh, he says he gets several emails from people with the same story that, you know, what I was trying to present to him. Uh, but I think the more of us that are emailing about our electronic assaults, that's what a lot of people are really interested in, you know, these these weapons that are emitting invisible frequencies. You know, a lot of people understand the dangers of these. So I think if we stay on these people, um, even if you go to McAfee's, you know, Twitter page or Facebook page and you just repost the picture and say, you know what, thank you, this is a real, um, you know, uh, this is a real campaign topic, you know, uh, electromagnetic assaults, uh, non-consensual human experimentation, uh, you know, I think that would also help as well to get people to know that it's not just me who care about these issues. Yeah, if I were you, I would follow up with Robert just to thank him for, um, you know, for supporting you at that critical moment. And also um, just to follow up with what he is able to do and, um, you know, just 
to encourage him to be thinking along the lines of whatever he will need to um to come up with this technology that uh um Mr. McAfee is talking about financing. So um hopefully he'll keep that on his mind and um you might need to remind him because he may have other projects he's working on, et cetera. You're right. So so please keep in touch with him. Um, let's see, is there anything else I want to mention? Seems like there was something, but I'll think of it in a minute. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we bring the callers in? Um, no, just, you know, let people know that, hey, you know what, I appreciate all you guys' support. Um, you know, we as a community, if we become stronger as a community, more people would, you know, seriously try to understand what we're saying. Um, you know, I truly believe that since, 2013, when I first contacted, you know, the organization, uh, these conference halls have gotten to be more, um, you know, about activism and about getting out into the public and doing something. And, you know, there are more people who are trying, and I'm just kind of happy about it. You know, it's a much better day for me now than it was three years ago when I first called and, you know, it seems like we weren't really doing, you know, much of anything, but now we're all out and about everywhere, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, so, more people are starting to get active, which is extremely important because, well, you know, the more that we do, the more opens up for us. And we were, we're just kind of in a wave of activism where things are starting to open up. This issue is starting to open up. People are becoming more active. We just need to stay in this wave. And it seems like we were, we were, um, there was an attempt last year to to throw us off track. But, you know, we regrouped and we just gotta remain in that way because this is now is the time really. I feel that now is the time for us to really, you know, to put forth our efforts because the people are ready, the opportunities will be there for us and now is the time for this issue to come to light. Um and not a moment too soon because I'm getting calls, I'm getting emails from people who are at the end of their rope. And I'm like, you know, people, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, we're making progress. Things are happening. So, um, and we're still, you know, not quite at the mid-year mark. We're, um, but I think, you know, the rest of the year is is really going to be a lot of things unfolding. Things that we know about, things that we we don't even uh, are not aware of as yet. So now it's the time for this community. So we just need to keep uh, moving forward. Okay, well, thank you, Tyrone. And at this time, I'm going to go ahead and open the call to those who have called in. If you'd uh, like hello. to join this conversation. Uh, I, I got one uh, comment. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, oh. Then, uh, the, I'll go with the question first. Uh, McAfee, is this the same uh, computer software guy that, uh, mm-hmm. that no yeah. world? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's just the guy that uh hey, all right. been in, uh, oh. Yeah. Well we okay. yes, we we had a miracle happen, it sounds like. And thank goodness well, yeah. uh, shielding is the start of it. And then once we can fine tune shielding, we'll know exactly uh we'll have detectors that will uh, say yes, it, this shielding's working. So we'll have proof right there and almost probably be able to pinpoint it from a cell phone tower or a satellite. And who's leasing this and getting it right down into who's, you know, it's it's going to come back government, I'm sure, or or uh, top secret, you know, national security, Department of Defense. But 
my comment is that uh, here recently, I guess the last two months, we've been discussing on this phone call here with Derek's housing, and we've been looking just for some property, if nothing else, that's already got water, kind of like a campground property to where people can come up with tents or trailers or all to kind of have a refuge until they can decide where they're going to go or what they're going to do. Uh, but there'll be a, a safe zone somewhere for TIs. And so, uh, you know, maybe uh, 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 that guy might be able to help in a charity way. Uh, you know, I, I'm just throwing something out there. But that's all i got to say. And thanks for the good work. And keep it up because we need knights in shiny armor like like you that will not stop. You know, you got all the shielding you need, apparently, that you just keep going. And... Uh, a lot of us don't have that, although we're tired of this stuff. I'm tired of it. I want it stopped. And then maybe I can scrape back together whatever life I, you know, used to have maybe. I'll have to start over again or something. But, uh, you know, it's kind of hard doing it without with all this happening. And, and I'd, I'd like to say thank you. You're very welcome. You know, thank you for the compliment and the uh, appreciation. Um, you're absolutely right. This is pretty much, um, you know, what we need. And like you, I don't have much shielding. Uh, the only shielding I have is knowing that, you know, if I don't do something, you know, my life will continuously be ruined and there are other people whose lives are being ruined. So, you know, that's my efforts of raising awareness and trying to go out and get the help that I think we need or directly in result to, you know, the horrible experiences I've had and looking around at other children going, gosh, I remember when I was your age, you know, I was dealing with this stuff even then and it didn't stop. So if we don't do anything, um, you know, to try and stop it, there are generations to come before us, you know, after us that are have to deal with this stuff. So, you know, you're very welcome. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Joe, for your comments and, um, and Tyrone. Okay. Um, we're going to go ahead now and open the call to uh, those who have called in. If you'd like to, uh, to join the conversation, Star 8 is the request to talk feature on your telephone, and I can unmute your line. Everybody's muted at the moment. So um, Tyrone Dew is our guest, and we're talking about his uh, projects, which are have, he's achieved some amazing results so far. So um, if I could talk to Tyrone, Star 8 is the request to talk feature to continue our, our discussion. Hi, Tyrone. Still Hello. down in the Keys. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Uh, it's It's been interesting. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I wanted to thank you very, very much for going ahead and talking to McAfee and um, contacting uh, Jeremy Scahill. His book, Dirty Wars, is just an amazing book. If you get a chance, have a look at it. It's really, it's really a good one. Uh, you know, McAfee actually is probably looking at this as an excellent investment, a firewall for the mind. Uh, he can, he can make a great deal of money out of this, and help us at the same time. So right. it's a win-win for for him if he goes ahead and. Uh, and um, looks at this a little bit closer 
gets the information he needs. And one thing I do know about the man, because there's some people I know that um, have evolved in his circles before, when he says he's going to keep his word, he does. Well, that's good to know. That is really yeah. good to know. And the book Dirty Wars, believe it or not, that's the book that I purchased at the uh, at the book signing when I met with Jeremy and was able to talk to him. You can see the video on my YouTube channel. Uh, yeah, check out page 187 in that book. <laughs> you really you really find some interesting stuff there. On yeah, the C- CTTL, clandestine yep, tagging tracking. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, thank you very much. That's all I have to say. You're you're a, a precious gem in the middle of all this, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, thanks, Georgia, for your comments. Um, let's see, I've unmuted a few people. Um, if you have questions or comments for um, for Tyrone, you're welcome to do so at this time. Hi, Tyrone. It's Lonnie in Washington. I want to tell you how impressed I am with what you've been doing lately. I mean, I, I've had my my um, objections from time to time in the beginning, years, years back, but I'm very much impressed with what you're doing today. God bless you. And listen, let me ask you this. I've heard you mention that you have pamphlets that people can pass out. Do you sell those yes. on your website or what? I mean, how do we get some of those? Actually, you know what? I am currently putting together a package with, like, uh, T-shirts and pamphlets. You know, I appreciate you asking. Um, you guys can purchase some of the pamphlets. You can get them for like 35 bucks for like 100 pamphlets. Uh, they're a trifold pamphlet. I designed it back in, boy, whoa, three years ago. And, um, you know, I appreciate when TIs use the pamphlet because it has us looking like we're a unified group. It has a lot of good information in there. Um, you know, even if even if you just run it off and put your own information in there, I would like to just get a little credit to say, hey, you know what? There was a TI who designed this who, you know, has helped me. I've come up with ideas for my pamphlet. So, uh, but yeah, you can definitely email me at tiawareness at yahoo dot com, and we can work on getting you, you know, some pamphlets out to pass out. Okay, very good. Thank you. And okay, you. Um, I would just like to uh, pause a little bit to say um, that yeah, that Tyrone and and some other people have had differences, but you know, guys, this is the lesson. Um, we really. I mean, we know what the probes do, and their object is to cause uh, differences and disagreements and problems between us. Um, but fortunately, there are also many of us that have the, the, the larger view of um, the mission in mind, and, and we kind of let that override, you know, personality differences or whatever, and uh, we just continue on. So um, the moment, uh, so Tyrone and I just we just keep working, you know. Whatever happens, <laughs> exactly. we just keep working. Exactly. Yep. Yep. That's a, you know, Derek. I couldn't have really said it any better because that's exactly the attitude I have. Because I know if I get into an altercation or we get into kind of disagreement, you know, most of the time it's not you, it's not me, and that goes for any conversation I'm having with any other TI or people, even uh, you know, in public. You know, a lot of it's what you know, how we're being affected by this technology. Sometimes we don't even realize, you know, how how we can be affected. You know, we have a horrible day some days, and it just carries on. So, but, yeah, you know what, that just put a smile on my face. There was someone who just told me, you know what, I kind of objected, but, hey, <laughs> you've done, you've done oh, a good well, job. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, you know, and it's, you know, the last time you, you were here, there were some issues that arose, but, hey, we're, you know, the probes have not stopped, so we cannot stop. So right. as long as people, you know, are willing to, and we really do have to be willing to overlook these differences and keep working. So um, so that's, you know, we still are striving for the goal, so we've got to keep working together. So thanks for um, for keeping that, uh, you know, you know, just keeping working together, you know. So that's, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's what we need to strive for, just to be able to get over things that happen quickly and just to keep working towards it all. Hey, Tyrone, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you doing? Hey, it's Ella. Oh, another day in paradise for you, huh? Just another day in paradise. Yeah, um, thanks um, for inviting me th- Thursday up to Seattle, and I wasn't able to make it, and I apologize for that. But you mentioned that we could um, email him. Do you happen to have his contact information so I can follow up with him? Yeah, I can I can send you an email with his information. Uh, that way you can contact him. I don't have it, like, directly sitting here in front of me. Uh, right. But, yeah, I don't have an issue with emailing you. Okay, sounds good. Where are you at right now? I am actually towards the Oregon area, uh, getting ready to leave here in the next day or so and head towards my next event. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And sorry I couldn't come up on Thursday, but anytime, as long as I get a little more heads up, I'll be there. All right. Not a problem. Why? You hear me? What's that? And how you doing? Hey, I'm maintaining, man. You're doing a good job, brother. And you just keep on, just always remember, take that high road, man, no matter what. And I always like you talking that 528, man. And believe me, as you just keep putting out that positive energy, say, I don't do too much talking no more, man. I'm out here in the real world doing what I do. And uh, yeah. I'm getting the world out too, man, the way everybody could do something, man. It's like, like you just got to take the high road, man. That's all it is. In conversation, just take the high road, man. Don't, don't even stay in the light. Just stay in the light, bro. That's what I do. I make the light. That's what I do. I bring the light every day. That's what I do, man. So I'm out here uh, working, making this money. So I'm probably send you something in the fruit, bro, because uh, I, I do what I do, man. I, I'm just like, uh, see, I follow the, the animals. When the animals and the squirrels come out and go looking for food and trying to get stuff, uh, that's what I do. And then when, those right, animals, yeah. when, they, when they go high and get cold, that's what I do. So you got to learn how to go to the floor of the universe. And uh, everybody on the call, this stuff is about to end. All you got to do is stay positive, stay in the light, and, and God got us, man. Whether you believe it or not, Tyrone, you're doing God's work, brother. And, and that's all I got to say. Peace and blessing, man. I'm trying to sing you something, Derek, man. Y'all stay in the light. Don't just take the high road. Everybody, man. You got If somebody come at you in one of August, just take the high road, man. Say, God bless you. Keep moving, man. And, and Gary, uh, uh, you said something about uh, believe, right? You know what the will of believe is, right? Uh-huh. When you spell believe, you got D-E-L-I-E-V-E. The will of believe is lie. So you just give people the research, tell them, go look it up for themselves, man. And I got a time on. Check this number out. Let me see if I can remember. I think it's 515903. That's the patent for this uh, subliminal weapon they're using, man. So you put that in your arsenal. Everybody, it's 5159703. All right. So I give people information, man. I don't go with belief no more, man. I give them the facts. They go look it up for themselves. And then that's how I do it, man. So y'all remember that number, 
513-527-7703. Just punch that number up and imagine what you come up in your browser, what you come up. 515-527-703. That's the patent to that, uh, to that uh, uh, audible weapon they're using on people, man. That's, there it is right there. That's all you need to tell them that, man. Right there. Uh, I hate you. Anyway, I let somebody okay. talk. I ain't got too much word. We go on from sound to light anyway, y'all. That's why a lot of people saying that. Don't talk to me that way because they, they, people here in 440 hertz. And so basically the universe is going from sound to light anyway, but we don't really have to say nothing more, man. That's what's happening, y'all. Peace and blessing is about over. Hey, Derek, one more thing. You know Prince knew about this too, man. That's why they killed him. You knew that, right? Oh, yeah, he was talking about this, yeah. Sound like he, he knew about all this, about the music and 528 hertz, and he was trying to uh, get, make his music good. The 520 hertz, and uh, mm-hmm. that's why they killed him, man. He was telling about the chemtrails and everything, so they bumped him off, man. So that means we got more work to do, man. Oh, yeah. But it's about to come okay. to an end, y'all. We got about two or three more years. It's coming to an end. We think all going to get blessed, man. God bless. God speed. God love y'all. Stay in the light. Right. Okay, Swift, for your comments. Hey, uh, Tyrone. What's happening? Hey, this is Bill from Illinois. I wanted to ask you about uh, what what your thoughts were on the mind control part of this, because I noticed we talk a lot about the electronic harassment and stuff like that, but we never really talk about mind control. And I am, they've made me. Hello? Okay. Hello? Oh, maybe his call drops. Tyrone, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can yeah. hear you. Okay, yeah. So over the last couple months, they've made me realize that they are totally 100% mind controlling me. I mean, from every little thing I do to everything I look at, um, it's. I just was wondering why we don't talk about mind control a lot and we talk about more about the electronic weapons. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on the mind control. Well, honestly, you know, I I talk about the mind control. I just talk about it differently. I you know call these technologies mind invasive technologies. <laughs> Um, and I, you know, the we talk about the weapons and the uh, particular frequencies that make you understand that they're capable of causing forced speech. I talk a lot about that. That's, you know, that's mind control. When someone can cause you to say things that you don't even mean to say, uh, you know, when this electromagnetic field takes shape to your body and it's capable of making you walk and, um, you know, look in certain directions, you know, that is what this is. This is mind control. But it the, is. Yeah, but the United, but the United States and every other place has a um, you know, you, you get thought of as crazy if you talk about mind control. If it's just, you know, your your first topic of what you say to people is, look, I'm under the influence of mind control. They look at you and go, oh, this guy here, he, you know, he's a wacko. Right. Uh, but if you just, you know, but if you just talk about, look, they have directed energy weapons that can, you know, these mind-invasive technologies, these torture technologies can cause uh, emotions to change. They can put uh, thoughts into your mind. They can also cause you to hear voices. They can cause forced speech. They can cause, uh, you know, dream manipulation, uh, electronic shocks while you're, you know, while you're sleeping, while you're awake. You know, you just kind of have to, you know, talk approach about it. it approach such... it the right way. Exactly, exactly. So that's, you know, that's what I do. Trust me. I, I, I you know, when I mention forced speech, you know, it may not sound like mind control, because it's not, when you, as soon as you say mind control, it gives the uh, the person who you're talking to a certain connotation. you got to remember, the term mind control uh, sets them off a certain way, you know. 
So I have to say forced speech, and they go, "What? What? The, you know, what? What is forced speech?" Well, it's when literally uh, my brain has been remapped, and it's someone, you know, using, um, you know, using a particular frequency to to talk through me. You know, they're literally exactly. speaking through me. My. So. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. I just was, you know, I was just wondering what your approach was, and that that's all I have. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Um, more comments or questions for Tyrone. Yeah, uh, this is Roseanne in California, and I just want to, hi, Derek, I just want to say thank you, Tyrone. When I got this news, I was so excited. I was calling every TI that I knew, and, you know, you're just giving us all hope, and I'm so very impressed by what you're able to pull off, especially given your situation. I, I just have to say that you must have a will of iron and you make up your mind and you get it done. And, you know, uh, I wanted to ask you if um, Robert Duncan actually agreed to work on this. Um, have you spoken to him about it? I have. I, you know, Robert and I, we speak, um, I'm not going to say frequently, but we do speak every now and again. And I've always... You know, it's 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 kind of interesting that you say that I kind of make up my mind and I have the will to go out and do this. Uh, I actually apply my same business ethic uh, to trying to go out and do these events. It's the only way that I know. You know, I used to be very successful, so I have to kind of keep that same mind frame, you know, when it comes to trying to sell books and trying to uh, raise awareness. So I have talked to Robert. He was in the process of developing some things, but he does not have the finances. So immediately, you know, I asked him, I said, Robert, listen, um, would you mind if I, you know, let's just say I come across some angel investor somehow, because I do know people from, you know, before when I was successful who may be interested in, you know, uh, financing, you know, for shielding. You know, they, 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 they might want to put up a couple million dollars. You never know. But um, he says, yeah, sure, Ty, if you can, you know, you can handle that side of the business. Okay, not an issue. So he's, I told him, I said, I need your business plan. He says, Ty, I'm about, you know, four or five months away from actually having my business plan finished. Okay, not an issue, four or five months, you know. Do you have anything right now that I can talk to an investor about? So he sent me these, uh, he sent me an email with certain information in there showing what he's working on, and it's going to be quite interesting. You know, he's working on a, um, on something that's going to be hardwired, and also he's, going to, he's working on, like, material you know, that can completely shield the human body. But he doesn't talk about these kind of things a lot. So and I don't want to, you know, share too much information of what, uh, of what he sent me and what he sent me and what we talked about. But he is uh, in, an, in a place where he can work on these technologies. He is ready to work on these technologies if we can get him the funding. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm a friend of his on Facebook, and I see his posts. And a couple of months ago, he got very, very ill. And uh, he was in the emergency room. And they were telling him he had a 50% chance of survival at that time. Yeah. So we're going to have to kind of gather around him while he does this and be a witness and support him. I'm just saying. You know, yeah, um, he, I, I understand what you're saying. That. Yeah, he came out of that and he said, look, guys, I might not be around forever. 
you yeah. know, there's a, there's a point at which they might say, we've had enough of you, and we're going to silence you forever. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, for him to work on this, is it's going to be taking a big risk. And, yeah. you know, the TI community has to figure out some way to help him and to protect him and to, you know, bear witness to his uh, safety, his health, you know, publicize anything that happens to him, whatever it takes. You know, it's very important that we don't just leave him alone in the wilds of Idaho to do this all by himself, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, No, I'm on a really important call. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, that's that's my comment. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm over the moon about this. I think, yeah, McCarthy will see this as a, uh, you know, he's, I've done some research on him since, you know, I got this news, and he's a really fascinating man, and he has had a lot of targeting in his own life. Um, he's also, of course, technologically savvy and, I can see that he would see this as a, uh, you know, as something that would be a good business investment. I mean, if you can develop this, you're going to make a lot of money. So, uh, plus his heart's in the right place in regards to humanity um, and, you know, what he wants to do. So, you know, I'm, I'm just so impressed. And you know, good for you. <laughs> Just gotta say that. Good for oh, thank you. you. You're welcome. Okay. Um, now, I've always said that um, that Tyrone has had excellent marketing skills. If we could develop his his talent in a direction that could benefit the community, and he is he is carving out his own. Um, brand of of marketing and uh his uh, his product so that is that's great for i mean something we've needed as a community for since the beginning somebody that can go out and sell this uh situation to those who are in a position to really affect major change in our particular situation so uh Tyrone has seen that and has stepped up and is fulfilling that so congratulations yeah. Okay. Um, more comments for for Tyrone. More questions. Yeah. Hi. This is Sue. Um, about a month ago, you were struggling, and I had asked you at the time, did you have a place where we could send you some supplies to help you keep going? And did you get a place where or a PO box where we could send you like a care package or something? Actually, you know what? I still do not have a place to, uh, you okay. know, like a, a permanent residence or a P.O. box. I'm forever traveling. Uh, the best thing I would say is that yeah. you can either mail it. You know, you can mail it to um, Ken Rhodes or you can mail it to my mother's, you know, and they can try to track me down and figure out where I'm at. But I am always moving. It's not because uh-huh. I, I like to always move. It's just because there are, uh, th- you know, things that are happening, you know, every other week. I find, you know, I find out about an event. I find someone who... Uh, is able to get me into the event. I get three or four hundred dollars in donations, and you know that's all it really takes. You know, I'm able to find cheap plane tickets, and you know, yes. I sleep in the airport. Doesn't really matter to me, you know, uh, okay. anymore. 
So, but I, you know, I appreciate the efforts. Uh, you know, the sure. best thing is to to go to my PayPal and you know donate because mm-hmm. supplies are things I have to carry around. And you yeah. know, when you're homeless, I don't want to be the guy walking around with a huge trash bag. You know, of pushing, <laughs> no. it, of pushing, it, of pushing no, the grocery no. cart. No, but I yeah, but that costs shipping also to send heavy stuff. So I was thinking yes. a few light things, you know, just to help you keep going. And uh, I, I don't have any income either, but I would uh, I certainly could throw in a few things that, you know. But uh, do you have an address at your mom's or Ken Road to ship that? Yeah, uh, I tell you what, email me, and then I can then I can reply to you uh, via email. Mm-hmm. Uh, my All email right. address is piawareness at yahoo.com. At- Right, I know that. Okay. Yep. Um, the other thing is I wanted to comment briefly on the gentleman who was talking about we're moving from sound to light. There's a lot of power in that statement to think and meditate on that really is true um, because sound is just a little slower than light and light is the medium of heaven. And, you know, I think that in my case, the more I'm tortured, the higher I go in my mind and in my spiritual growth. And I think a lot of people will agree that this program has not made people less faithful. It's made them more. So, um, you know, God bless you all and stay on your path. Take the high road, like you said. I like that. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Okay, thank you for your comments. Uh, more comments or questions for Tyrone Du. Okay, uh, any questions from the chat room for Tyrone as we're starting to wind up? Okay, um, well, again, uh, Tyrone, I do want to thank you for your efforts. Um, they're they're critical at this point in time in our activism, and I wish you, we wish you, we all wish you much continued success in your journeys. And do you want to give your PayPal uh, email address again? Sure. Yes, it's piawareness at yahoo dot com, or you can go to my website, and that's www dot com. All right. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Tyrone. And um, we'll be talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you. You guys have a wonderful evening. Okay. If you're just joining us, that was Tyrone Dew, our guest for this evening. And he was talking about his encounter with a multimillionaire, John McAfee. Uh, And he and Robert Duncan will be looking at developing a shield um, a firewall, actually, for the human mind was what they agreed to work on. So um, that and hopefully many other things. So um, and Tyrone has uh, really launched into some, some very um, important endeavors uh, lately, and um, he has some ideas, and his next venture, as he says, will be even larger than this one with John McAfee. So... We're looking forward to great things from Tyrone in the future. Okay, we're going to switch gears at this time, and we're going to open the call to general topics. 
which means that if you have a question or a comment about any subject, you are welcome um, to, um, to speak at this time. And for those that are just joining us, star eight is the request talk feature on your phone. And many of you are new and um, may not be aware of that star eight, but everyone is muted. And, um, and if you're talking and can't be heard, it's because um, uh, at this particular time, uh, everyone on the call is muted. So in order to be heard by the group, star eight is the request talk feature. Uh, which lets me know you'd like to speak, and I can unmute your line. Oh, Derek, uh, I was yeah. wondering if anybody has seen this um, candidate that's running for uh, Democratic uh, senator for on the California primary. Massey Monroe, who talks about targeting. Okay, what about the Democratic candidate? Um, I didn't hear the first part of your question. Uh, Massey Monroe, she talks okay. about she talks about uh, targeting in her candidate statement on the California primary. She's talking as if she's a victim. I don't know if anybody's ever caught 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 that in the in the statement, and uh, if someone's here in California, it's, it's on the primary uh, presidential election uh, candidate statement. Uh, yeah, emails um, from people about about Massey, and yes, yeah, she's a TI. She is a TI. Ah, uh, yeah. I was wondering, maybe you know, I wonder if she would be interested in talking to us on a on a talk show on us on your things. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know either. Someone would have to find her. And I'm not sure how to contact her. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Yeah, he's Uh, I would also like to mention that Dave Voigt, uh, for those of you that uh, may not be aware, has uh, he has launched his Walk Across America. And um, it has started in Delaware, 
So if you follow him on Twitter, you can keep up with his progress or also on uh, Facebook. Uh, he posts there pretty regularly. Okay, it looks like we have 95 people here at this time, and I'd just like to say welcome to everyone. Request to speak. Okay, hi. you have a question or comment? Hi, this is Sally, and I have a couple of recipes for everybody. Okay, we can uh, we can barely hear you. Uh, could you repeat that? I have a couple of recipes for people. One is to have a balanced pH, which can keep us from um, keep us cancer free, and it's um, with pink Himalayan sea salt. Okay. What you do is you take a half a gallon of purified water. And you take one lemon and you you slice it into wedges. Don't squeeze it. Just put it in the water with one tablespoon of the Himalayan, Himalayan sea salt. Let that Himalayan, over. Would you say it was Himalayan what? Sea salt. Oh, sea salt. Okay. And what you do is you let that sit overnight. And then the first thing in the morning... Before you drink or eat anything else, you drink it. It's an it's a great alkaline water to balance our pH. And I have another recipe. Um, I I got this from my counselor. Uh, deodorant. The main ingredient in deodorant is aluminum. All right, and it pretty much could be the cause for breast cancer. So you can make your own deodorant. It's two tablespoons of baking soda, two tablespoons of cornstarch, three tablespoons of coconut oil, and 10 to 20 drops of tea tree oil. That's it, guys. That's what I wanted to let everybody know about. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, do you want to uh, put that into an email and I can share it on the newsletter? Oh, certainly. I do have to go to the library um, okay. to, to, to get, get online. So I will send that out to you, though, Derek. That's good, yeah. Okay. I'd appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, um, other questions or comments? Uh, we are at uh, general topics at this time. Uh, our guest this evening was um, Tyrone Du, who, as um, many of you heard, he had had an audience with multimillionaire Don McAfee.
Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried to get a hold of ICAACT in Europe, and my phone lines were blocked. So they don't want me being able to reach outside of the country for any kind of an effort on this. Who's ever doing it? I can, I can get a message through to um, the ICAACT here in America, but they don't return my. They never return my messages that I send them. Um, yeah, I hope somebody can come up with this um, shielding technique for the mind because this stuff is definitely for sale on a black market, and it's extremely dangerous. And any mm-hmm. of us that have been used for the experiment know just how dangerous it is and that it needs to be stopped. And they've had a long time. They've had our lifetime to protect their torture techniques. And it is for sale. I mean, each one of us has probably been passed through more than one hand of technology by the perpetrators, you know, experimenting what they can do with it next and you know, how far they can take it down the road. Um, it does need to be stopped. Um, like anything, you know, that they create that's nasty, it's it always gets out and it always gets sold to somebody to use, you know, not only in this country but on an international level. And if somebody can find a firewall for us, it would be more than greatly appreciated. Nobody needs their children or their family or their life subjected to this kind of thing. Why they found it of interest to develop it at all is beyond my understanding, you know, why they would want to do that to somebody. But besides that, I guess there's immoral people in this world that will do those kind of things. So, yeah, you know, I I do hope that they can come up with this shielding for the human mind, you know, to to curb this um, this technology, this development, these things that they've managed to create. Um, I've done some research into my own story and got a pretty good idea of where it's coming from, where they're operating out of. And it's not good, you know. So it is definitely as though our government has been infiltrated or is at least working with, you know, um, shadow figures, not just their own shadow figures, but, you know, criminal shadow figures as well, but they seem to be working together. And it's hard to know who to trust or who to talk to or who to reach out to for help because nobody knows who's in whose pocket anymore, you know. But if somebody can come up with something, yeah, that would be great. And I'm glad Tyrone's out there getting the work done. Definitely needs to be addressed because, you know, they have developed it enough to a point where it is extremely dangerous for humanity and it does need to be stopped. So I thank Tyrone for his hard work. That's all. Yeah, we're all grateful to Tyrone for his work. Um, It's interesting that he has uh, really taken up the task that he has and it's, uh, it's really working. Uh, he was a successful business person at one time. 
before all before his targeting uh well before his targeting started to get really heavy they have to discredit the targets because they can't let anybody know what they're up to so they have to discredit them so that they if ever they want to complain or address the issue that their voice will not be heard you know that that they'll have a history that can be used against them and the society's naive and you know it takes away the competitive edge to feel better than another person but honestly if the society was aware of what was going on it makes me wonder if they would have been so easy to jump on the bandwagon and point fingers I don't think they understand what they're up against if they did I don't think that they would be so quick to not listen they have no idea that's why I've got to give them the benefit of the doubt no matter how indifferent they appear at this time they just don't know you know if they knew then that'd be different but they don't so and nobody I know you know this stuff anyway I try to tell people they get angry and and like they cut me off and it's horrible. And I tell them, I said, I'm doing this for your kids and your grandkids. I do it at Al-Anon meetings. I said, I'm saying this for your kids. And, oh, my God, they hate me. They're like, And then the next lady who speaks, she goes, some people are getting off topic here, but I still try to listen. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's frustrating. Yeah, it is frustrating. They just don't know. And, you know, honestly, nobody should have to know this stuff anyway. I mean, it should have never been developed in the first place. Why yeah. somebody would want to try to control another human being's life to that degree is just really <clears throat> an awful concept to begin with. Yeah, oh, well, it psychopaths, sociopaths, psychopaths yeah. sociopaths, narcissists, they all want that, all of them. Yeah, they do. So you go to take it to a government and maybe they want it for themselves next. So. It is tr- it's tricky business, you know, to try to get it under control and to stop it from, you know, being unleashed on, you know, multitudes at once. Do you, which I'm, yeah. do you think that originally this came from the United States government? I mean, it is, of course, global and in criminal no. hands. No, they, they were, from what I've traced back on what was used on me, it's got... Russian origins before we bought the Shmirnov technology. Now, whether they decided to use, work with some Russians under the table to experiment with it themselves, but if they say that, and you know, that was before we ever bought it in this country, so if they say that they needed to do it to protect this country and they're using a foreign country's weaponry on their own citizens, that, that's just all the worse for the wear. I mean, they're just, there's no excuses left to justify, you know, this uh, experimentation that they're doing on people. It's just, they're, they're out of excuses with me, at least. That, you know, that's, they've, they've, con- they've created a serious monster. And that's it needs for to be, sure. You know, they, and it needs to be, you know, uh, curbed before it brings humanity to its knees. And, you know, it it just does, you know. So, you know, I don't know why they are so proud of their Frankenstein ways. But well, my, my theory is this. 
that they are creating this, these weapons and all of this turmoil and chaos, I believe that they are trying to create a dystopic society. Um, dystopic, dystopia, and which is basically the opposite of a utopia. They are trying to create a hell on earth. Mm-hmm. They are trying are they to create, uh, which would include things like wars, like suffering, like torture, um, like chaos, um, riots, civil unrest, and all of that is what they are trying to create. So, um, and with this technology in hand, that promotes their agenda, that facilitates their agenda. That's what I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I just heard somebody say that very similar to what you said on the radio. I just heard that today. That that's what they enjoy the suffering. They want the confusion. They like watching it. Well, yeah, that they are trying to create their their vision of um what life would be like for what uh, what they envision life to be like, or what it should be like here on Earth. And uh, just as many of us envision a utopia where everyone is happy and healthy and everyone gets along and is um, is cordial, etc., their vision is the opposite. They have an envi- they envision creating a world where there's tremendous suffering, where there is chaos where there is wars, people fighting each other all the time. And basically they're trying to create hell here. Right, right. This is a satanic agenda, and they're they're trying to recreate on Earth what hell is like. Yeah. So this is is basically my theory about where they're going with all this. I think that's right. Yeah, somebody they're, was they're, they're very, very, very sick people. I mean, you know, I they're they're unbelievably sick people. You know, the people that do this and that have their life wrapped up into doing this to other people, they're they're not well. You know, they they point the fingers at us as being the ones that are well to not well to hide what they're doing, but they're unbelievably not well. Well, the thing is, is, uh, they are very, very far advanced in this agenda. And I see it um, in some people, in some targeted individuals who who have very advanced programming. And uh, right now I know of a person who has, um, who they're attempting to take, take over. They're attempting to hijack this person. And they're doing it both with uh, incantations and with the technology. And there are dozens of people that have ganged up to try to be in their efforts to succeed in hijacking this person's life. And uh, they torture her with pain, and they're trying to rape her soul, basically, of every ounce of goodness. And they're able to actually, with the technology... Uh, identify the parts of her soul that contain the uh, the good spirit that God places in each each one of us. 
the, the soul, the essence of the person and the good qualities that they have that people naturally uh, contain within their soul, they're leeching from her. And uh, they're doing it both by the technology and through um, incantations. And yeah. this is what she's explaining to me. And um, this is very, um, I mean, down to a very visceral level, they're trying to um, to detach her from her God self, basically. Detach her from what? Detach her from what? Detach her from her God connection. Oh, right, right. Yep. Everyone because has a connection. Everyone has a connection to God. Everyone has a connection to humanity. They are trying to uh, piecemeal detach all of that connection from her, and <laughs> instill within her everything that is vicious, everything that is evil, the essence of uh, demonic um, hatred, and uh, everything that is. Uh, really purely evil they're trying to install within her. Yeah. So um, this is a takeover. She's describing this to me daily. And uh, and this is, a, and she says they're able to jump from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. So, you mean to, to hurt her? When you say jump from one person, you mean uh, one person to hurt her, another person to hurt her? Well, they're able to, um, okay, everyone that she, this is what she's telling me, okay? I don't really know this for, you know, to be true, but this is what she's describing. Okay. That they're able to, um, if, they're, if she's encountering people that have good qualities and they feel that these um, good qualities would, would uh, kind of enhance or, um uh, what's the word, interact with her good qualities to reinforce that good quality within her, they will try to um, detach her from those individuals that have that good influence. I and totally believe that, yeah. Yep. They, totally uh, they have it. isolated her from, before coming here though, they had isolated her from all of uh, her friends, people that she considered uh, best friends, and... Um, this person was a psychic, and she was very uh, spiritually in tune, and she was very spiritually attuned to God, actually. And at first, she had tremendous forces of defense. You know, archangels, maybe even Jesus himself or whoever, in the spirit that was to, um, I have to mute everybody, but there's some noise. Uh, let me go ahead and do that. Okay, I want you guys to hear this because this is what uh, is possible, is possibly the, the future, at least what they envision the future to be. Um, but anyway, as I was saying, um, they, they were able to separate her from everybody that, uh, that can influence her in a good way. And then also, um, she says that at first, um, she was able to call into prayer lines and receive tremendous spiritual assistance. Um, but they were able to, over a period of time, as, as, as they observed these, um, 
the good angels, the good beings that would come to her defense, um, they were able to observe how they interacted with her and and um, and incrementally they were able to separate these these angelic forces from this individual. So that protection that she used to have, she says she does not have now. Um, so we're looking at somebody that's isolated from a source of protection. I'm not sure how that happened, and she doesn't either. Um, but anyway, um, she's been isolated for quite a quite a um, quite a long period of time. But now she is in a group setting, and we'll have to see if some of that returns. But uh, she is trying. She she actually would like to commit suicide. She does not really see. Um, any hope for her situation, she actually wants to starve. She wants to be placed in a room and uh, be kept without food and water. She wants, and she said it would be about 10 days and she could just um, eliminate herself from the torment. So, um, but they're preventing her, actually, they're actually preventing her from you know, all suicide attempts whether by pills, I mean, she, she's taken pills before and they've cleared her system from the effects of overdosing of pills. Uh, she's tried numerous attempts to, uh, to kill herself, including like driving off a cliff or something. They are actually able to restore her physically from whatever wounds that she suffers, whether it's broken bones or whatever. They're able to actually restore her system completely and I believe they do have that technology because I've heard of that happening to some people. So um, no matter how hard she tries, I actually know of one other person that's in this position that is trying to kill himself and cannot because the perps intervene. So suffering is, is really what, they, um, what, they, what is their will for some people. Tremendous suffering. And uh, and these are the these individuals are not permitted to actually end their life and end their suffering. So um, this is the kind of society, this is the type of uh, world they want to create, where you have millions of people that are suffering in unimaginable ways, and they cannot be um, uh, relieved of their suffering. So anyway, this is the kind of world I see that they're trying to create, um, whether it's wars in the Middle East, um, whether it's um, active shooters, people you know, just picking up guns and, and killing other people randomly and for no reason, uh, whether it's racial unrest, um, they're trying to create a society that is hellish, and that's their vision of the way life on Earth should be. So anyway, these are just some thoughts, and you guys are welcome to um, to share your own thoughts about that. But uh, I've kind of reached that uh, conclusion lately. Derek, I'd like to comment on that. Um, I I'm in touch with one, with one of these individuals, and so I know kind of where they're coming at. But what I really wanted to share was an experience last night. Starting with saying that I've wondered how anybody could get from A to Z, you know, A, healthy, basically, 
then become a target and get to Z to the state that you just had with that woman. And last night I had an experience that was very, very scary. And I wanted to bring it up because I think any of us can get there from A to Z. Um, I was sitting down in the evening and all of a sudden, there's no other way to describe it, I felt like there was a battle going on for my brain. And I could feel it in my in my third eye in the forehead, which is the psychic area. And it took everything I had to not allow my attention to go. I don't know if it was psychic. I don't know if it was a computer. It felt like a person, but it was a battle. I could feel them trying to get the energy of my thoughts and my brain over to them. And I don't know how to put I don't know how to put this. And I had to really struggle to keep my thoughts away. Now, the only way I got out of it, which was like this woman used to have, was to call on help. But I'm just wondering if this is a piece of the puzzle on how they actually try to control, literally control, like the woman you're talking about and the other man who's tried to commit suicide, literally have total control. So I'm just sharing that because it, it was very real. It was a battle. Well, yeah. and uh, It was energetic, there, you know? Yeah, right. and there are individuals that have this type of extreme um, type of targeting where they have poured money and investment into technology and even into to witchcraft to try to subdue this person to uh, to do their bidding, which is basically to act out in violent and antisocial ways, which are um, ideals that are diametrically opposed to what she wants to do. And I guess maybe it's a challenge for them because she was so spiritual and because she had gigantic protection. Um, and um, I'm sorry, I was distracted for a second. Um, she had just um, gigantic protection, protection as a believer. She was a Christian. And also she was born a psychic and she was um, a ferocious meditator. So she had tremendous um, spiritual resources that she could call upon to protect her. And that worked for her like a charm for for quite a while. But um, incrementally, they were able to dismantle dismantle that um, her protection is what she's describing to me. I guess so we're why I shared my story is because I'm just throwing it out there that maybe other people can pay attention. Because the way I see it is a big piece of the puddle, puzzle is when that happens, you cannot allow your attention, your thoughts, your... And I'm telling you, it's, it was like tug-of-war. You can't allow it to happen. I know Absolutely. I, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but the reason I'm saying it is because I'm sincerely wondering how people get from A to Z, and I'm thinking this is a piece of the puzzle. 
that are it's a huge it's a huge them piece of the puzzle. Energy, you know, in our in our third eye specifically, which is which is the psychic area. We also have it. Well, yeah, and that's the hey, only reason I'm sharing it is if anybody finds themselves in that position, that maybe they can just remember what I said. That's all. Okay. The thing is. Um, and the reason I said she was isolated when this started is because their task becomes a lot easier if a person is isolated. That way they can focus on their pain and they don't have assistance and they don't have distractions from their task. Um, and she has become despondent. She, In the first day she was here, she was wanting us to close her off into her room and not uh, bother her for 10 days. And so she, she can just, you know, kill herself, which, you know, we wouldn't agree to that, you know, of course. Um, in a group setting, um, things might be different, and we have to look in terms of kind of being there for each other because that's really the only way that we are going to make it, and that is, that is if we help each other. And that's why we have this group. And so... But anyway, uh, now that she's with us and she's not, you know, wandering around in the forest somewhere like she used to do, um, hopefully things will be different for her. Well, I've I've known this for a long time. The people who are the most spiritual in our community are the ones who are most heavily targeted and are not allowed to die because what they want to do is steal your energy. And a lot of the physical torture, in my opinion, is a distraction and a diversion from the ultimate goal of controlling humanity from the soul level and their energetic level. And I've been talking about this for several years. The thing is, everyone has to get in touch with their faith base, whatever that is. And I'm not going to preach any particular religion. It sounds like this lady was already targeted because of her psychic abilities, as I believe I was. And um, it's the, a lot of it has to do with mental discipline, like the second lady was saying. And there's a whole lot of... Um, there's a whole lot of energetic warfare, spiritual warfare, like, you know, the witchcraft and the warlocks and all that kind of stuff that they're trying to do to people. But I can tell you from my experience that um, those kinds of activities, the ritualistic and magical kind of control activities that come from these other, you know, practices are still at a very low level of, uh, you know, of the mind and the body of, of hum humans who practice that. They're coming out of a place that has to do with, you know, will, the willpower over others. And it's still a low place of spirituality. If you're able to, when you're in that space, if they're trying, if you see that they're trying to take your energy, uh, your auric energy, your psychic energy, the energy that you have connecting you with your spirit guides and with God, then what you do is raise you you raise your vibration to as high a level as you can, and hold it, and just it takes a lot of effort, it takes a lot of practice, but that is 
the ultimate warfare. You know, and they're going to beat you up, and they're going to keep you awake. Like, they kept me up till 10 o'clock this morning, eating me, burning me, chemming me, all every other day. It's a, it's a freaking nightmare. But I know it's because my spirituality is the most important thing to me. And okay. I won't let them make me, I won't let them make it to uh, make a suicidal pact out of it because they want to keep you suffering so they can steal the energy. So everybody has to be in touch with that because once they get past the physical and financial and social torture, it will be about their spiritual energy. Thanks. I, I I just want to say that I completely agree with um said I have been attacked spiritually. Uh I am very strong in the Lord and um first they started uh with my physical well-being, then they started with um my children. They killed my daughter a year and a half ago. Uh, now they're aggressively attacking my son. Uh, they've hit and run on him. He had a head-on collision here about uh, three and a half weeks ago. The lady had no driver's license, no license plate, and no insurance. She did stop two miles down the road, so technically it's not a hit and run, whatever. But they're aggressively, um, and he's been recovering slowly. They worked almost eight hours to save his life. He was bleeding internally. He had his he had his dashboard completely shoved up in his intestines and his intestines was moved up in him and he was bleeding internally and they worked almost eight hours to save his life. And not even three weeks later him and his girlfriend got jumped. And it's it's just one thing after another with my kids, you know. Uh they, they well, all the while they work on me physically. I have cancer. I have tumors. I have over 150 tumors right now. I just had two heart surgeries. Um, they are wearing me down physically, and um, they can't. They, and, and their way of hurting me is turning all my friends against me. My whole family's against me. My son is fighting for his life. My daughter's in the grave, and. You know, they're destroying the world around me to try to bring me down to their level. And I'm just not going to give in, you know. That's right. I I realize that this is a temporary place and they cannot have my soul. I will not let Satanists rule my soul. I do have problems where um, if I get really tired, they force... um, they make me uh, force uh, speech, and they make me curse at people that I and say the F word because they know how bad I hate the F word. So they do force speech me in making me say that. And, I mean, they've ruined every aspect of my life, you know. Um, I was just on the... Um, on the show uh, Beyond the Truth with uh, George Nury, with uh, John Paul, by the way, and uh, we were talking about um, experimental, um, unconsented experimentation on humans. And if you guys have uh, Gaia on this, it will be coming out soon. If you're on Facebook, um, he will be posting the link to that. But, it's called uh, Beyond Belief. It's, it's called Beyond Belief. That show. 
Yes, but the 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 film that uh, John Hall produced was um, beyond yes beyond belief. But the the segment was called um, Beyond Unbelievable Truth. Okay. The seg- yes, the segment is called Unbelievable Truth. With um, so if you guys are uh, subscribed to that, it will be coming out soon. I will be able to let you know as soon as I get the date on that. But it was it, it hit on everything that we're talking about. You know, this is spiritual warfare, guys, yeah. and and it is mind control. It's an attempt to take over and ruin every aspect of your life, your physical health, your mind. Your you know, it's it's used it's used to destroy you. These are pure Satanists that are doing this. And I was with my girlfriend the other day, and. She is one of my church friends that I've known for years, and I, I've raised, I've helped raise her kids, you know. She's a single mom, and I noticed that they're targeting my friends now. And, my God, I was sitting next to her three-year-old daughter in, in a restaurant we were eating, and I swear to God, she was exemplifying every, every symptom of being hit with direct energy weapons this little three-year-old girl i cried my heart out i mean she was shaking she she had the heat element to her she i mean she and and she kept grabbing her skin you know how you like feel those pin pricks you know and you kind of just grab your skin or itch or whatever well she was doing that and i just knew that she was being hit with direct energy weapons well, her dad came and got her from the restaurant because he it was his turn for visitation, and that was where they agreed with, that they would meet. And immediately, as soon as the dad got there, she began to feel better. So um, I, I feel bad because they're starting to target every friend that stands up for me now. And the ones that aren't standing up for me, they've turned against me. They've recruited them to this satanic cult. Even my neighbors participate in this. It's horrible. And I I went to church, the church that I was going to, I cleaned house for people that drugged me and poisoned me. And these are God's people. It's no, spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare. There are people who say they love God, but they are not filled with the spirit of God. They are satanic. If they're participating in harming somebody or ruining the quality of life in anybody, it's totally satanic. There are different spirits. It's important, yes, to be spiritual, but only in terms of the real God. It doesn't make any sense to latch on just because we're spiritual, we're all we all have that quality. But if we want us to be powerful in terms of in terms of say, making sure we're saved, because this is the end, guys. This has it got is. to be the end. Doctor Hall has said even, and I agree with him completely, that the combat manual for TIs is Ephesians, the sixth chapter. It tells you this is not our war. This is a war that's been going on from the beginning between God and the devil, and there is a devil. The devil can present himself as as an angel of light. So being spiritual is one thing, but be spiritual in God because he implants the Holy Spirit in you, and that saves you from everything. I heard a series. How will you you save that woman? Just quickly let me finish. 
I want to get this out. Uh, I heard a very important and timely, and he doesn't even know about targeting, uh, sermon. Or it was a series there. If you go to gty.org and get download the May 10th message there. He's also got a book that is uh, put out for free for anybody who hasn't talked to or called in yet. It's called Saved Beyond a Doubt. And that, I think, is the most important message anybody can receive in this day and time. We TIs are receiving it blatantly right in front of us. The world is getting ready to see this. And hopefully, um, hopefully Dr. Duncan will come through and Tyron will come through with what they're doing. But I believe the devil has latched onto this technology with the permission of the wrong people who have latched onto him. We've had this going on for a long time. Um, Hitler was a big hint, but all he was was a hint. This is something that uh, I believe we are in a time that we need to recognize. Jesus told us. He said, point blank, there is only one way. Forget all these other spirits. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And that's where we all want to be. You, you can imagine heaven all the way you want to. But he has told us, get your Bible out and read it. That's all I have to say. But how are you going to help that woman who had a connection with Christ and is being pummeled because of it? The, the woman that Derek was talking about, how are you going to save her after she's been connected with God and she's losing the battle? It's not my battle. It's not her battle. It's God's battle. We need to put our faith and trust in him completely. That's the only thing that's going to save us. He is the only power that will save us, any of us. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt, but I really suggest that there's a lot of people on this line that, I don't know how to put this, maybe aren't religious and and maybe possibly are being offended by, you know, I don't know how to put this. I don't mean to be rude, but I just don't mean about Jesus and God is appropriate for this particular phone call. That's all. This is just You've got it up, and I appreciate your doing that. Definitely. I I want to say something about this poor woman who is suffering. Yeah. They have they have discouraged her. Satan's tools are fear, doubt, and discouragement. She still has protection from God. She just doesn't believe that she does. So what she she needs to restore her faith in Jesus. She needs to restore her faith. Mm-hmm. That's where she's losing. That's where she's losing. I can totally relate to her. You know, like I said, they've killed my daughter, and they're aggressively. <laughs> And they're working on me physically. And I can see where she would lose hope in that area because it is a faith fight. No matter what you believe in, it is a faith fight, you know. And I'm 
I'm just like her. I, I'm getting to the point where I don't see any good left. And, you know, I know my Bible back and forth, but, I mean, it, it's like you have to search really, really hard to find somebody you can trust anymore. Well, you can't trust anyone. No, you can't. You can't. You have to trust God. Yes. That's right. You're absolutely right. You, and that's you know, the only hope that I have is that I'll see my kids again if something happens to my son. That's the only hope I have. I'm sorry for your pain. Yes. Just hang in there. Hang in there. Play worship music. Play worship music all day. I know now that that's what I have to do. But I understand where this young lady is at because there's times where I don't have control of my speech. You know, they say the most horrible things. And... And they take over my speech, you know, and I'm cussing people out, and I don't even cuss. <laughs> there is a there is an interesting video about Britney Spears. I don't know if y'all know this, but Britney Spears is a targeted individual. And in this video, they are able to use trigger words to get her to spaz off these uncontrollable words. And um, I believe that mine are set off by trigger words, too. And it's something to do with with mind control. It is a, it, it's kind of like a hypnotic thing that they use. They use these trigger words, and they make you do things against your will, and you have no control over it. It's weird. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Those technologies have been around for decades, and we can learn how to use that, too, to help ourselves. Trigger words, you know, affirmations, positive statements to anchor yourself in your own thoughts rather than letting those thoughts be dominant. They're trying to dominate your thoughts using the hypnosis and NLP techniques. But anybody can pick up a book on those and learn it, you know. Yes. And see, and they know my mind is strong, so they use physical pain to get me to surrender. Okay. And, and I mean, I've got photos with burns all over me where they blistered me and burnt me and, and tortured me. And they they break me down physically, and and then they tell me if you just do what you're told, you won't be hurt so bad, you know. But and that's not true. It's a lie. I know. They're going to torture us anyway, whether you do what they want or not. That's classic torture. You know, it they is. break people. That's classic. Yeah. It is. I don't I don't know how you know I I, I don't know how this is going to play out but uh I just pray for everybody. I do. In Matthew it talks about the wheat and the tares, you know, and I think these people are our tares in life. You know, this is how we 
I don't know if we're supposed to overcome their rude behavior, their satanic behavior. Uh, I don't know how we're supposed to overcome this except through prayer, you know? I don't either. And well, that's part of the You know, stay encouraged, stay in prayer. And I believe that uh, we really need each other to, to be successful at that. And um, hey, Sarah, can and you, uh, the thing about you... uh, okay, hold on. Just let me just make this point because it's important right. that we work together as a group. Because this lady um, that I'm talking that I was talking about earlier, um, for quite I mean, she hasn't been targeted that long. Okay, she's only been since 2014. But um, so it's not like she, they've had years and years to work on her. So maybe, just maybe there's a chance that she could be pulled back from the brink. Um, but she was, I mean, before she came here, she's, she's at um, Don's house, which is becoming a safe house. Um, but before she got here, she had been wandering around the forest for months and months by herself. And, you know, that's, yeah, you know, when whenever you're alone like that, I mean that's why they try to get people. They try to isolate them, and they can really bear down their targeting upon oh. them. So um, hopefully, you know, with you know that's why we have each other because you know once we can come together, then there's hope for a solution. And um, it's just why I'm so glad that we have this group because there are lots of people out there with no hope and no solution. As long as they can keep people isolated, then their programming can work flawlessly. Right. So, um, you know, we just kind of keep working together and uh, trying to um, and trying to overlook and overcome all of the um, uh, the dissensions, the types of um, uh, personality conflicts that they try to send to us, and that is really their primary weapon when um, when there's a group that gathers to help each other to to yeah. cause uh, personality conflicts and things like that. Try not to do things like point fingers at each other, call each other perps. That's the first thing that uh, they send to people to do to cause dissension. But we actually need each other. We need every single one of you for this struggle, and we need to keep our eyes focused on the goal. And just put, you know, a lot of these um, these uh, these old petty conflicts aside, and just keep focused on what we're here to do. Yes, they've been working on me since 1994, by the way. Okay, um, you know, to clarify, the goal is freedom. The goal is um, to live in a society where we're not uh, tracked and followed and tormented and um, and hijacked. And they're trying to steal every, I mean, steal all of our joy, steal all of our possessions, steal everything that they can get their hands on. And in, you know, some extreme cases, their very soul. So... Um, uh, this is uh, it's a tremendous agenda that's, that's, um, that we're having to deal with. But we have to be, um, but we can do it as long as we come together, we share information, and we're aware 
of what's going on. Yeah, I don't see any petty conflicts here. I just see us pulling together a lot of different ideas. Um, I was wondering. Okay, if- well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying there there are plenty of petty conflicts actually. It looks like wow. Southeast Arizona. Whoever's in Arizona, there's some noise coming from your line. If you want to call in again, um, but there are plenty uh, plenty of petty conflicts in the community, and it almost um, last year there was one that 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 kind of um, split FFCHS, yeah. and we're now into three groups, and, you know, it was just a big mess. Oh, that part I know about. Yeah, I just, I thought you were referring to the immediate conversation, So uh, just seemed to me, yeah. Um, uh, was, I just, I, I want to ask you, though, do you have some background in NLP that you can share with people, like, you know, some techniques they could use? I don't have a background in NLP. But um, but there are some things that we could practice that as a group. I'll have to think about what that could be. Uh, the first first thing is awareness because um, in a group setting, they try to interfere with interpersonal dynamics. So just be aware of that at first. But then just kind of um, cultivate um, uh, higher... Um, or better relationships and friendships and maybe overlook some of the petty things that happen and not be so quick to judge people and some of the basics. And uh, But there are other things that we can practice as a group, and I'm not an experienced um, uh, therapist that would know of these type of techniques, but, but these are some things that uh, I'll be looking into and that we could maybe practice. There's a book um, out there called Energy Tapping, which is about NLP. It's been out there for quite a while. If she's interested in the book. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, whoever that is in the chat room, I'm answering um, something that they heard. Yeah, um, there was... Uh, uh, false accusations about embezzling a small fortune, which is, which is totally untrue, and uh, that's how it's that's how the the stabilization of the organization started. They um, all the accusations were were completely uh, proven false. I have a question. Um, this is Roseanne. Uh, when all that happened, Derek, do you think that was like? subliminal uh, sort of attacks, you know, how exactly, I know that they can produce anger with electromagnetic frequencies, but how are they actually putting ideas into people's minds? Like, Derek is a thief, okay? You know, all of a sudden, people who have trusted you for 10 years think you're a thief. You know, so is that subliminal? Like when you're asleep, you know, they're they're actually messaging your brain to tell you Derek's a thief, Derek's a thief, Derek's a thief. I mean, how are they doing that? You know, uh, can I just cut in here, please? That's probably not the way to go about saying it. So, I, I mean, I, I'm just 
sitting back here listening, and I, and it just uh, it's just not coming out right. Um, so it I, and you know she I'm could not be right though. I think she could be right on a subliminal level. That could be what's happening. Yeah, I'm just wondering how they got all of Derek's allies to think he was a thief. Well, there was no proof. There was no proof of it. How did they do that? They had two people who were very vocal for years and years. I've listened to them on the call. And they just let their little differences and animosity keep growing and growing. And we'd hear about it from time to time. Each one of them would get on different calls and say the same thing. Someone else. Someone else. A, tech, a technical way, hopefully she was going to find a technical way to prove that everything they said was right. She was wrong. She's already apologized to Derek for starting all this stuff. She emailed somebody who's in, on the other side of the world who started emailing people and telling that lie. It just grew. This, is the, this has been going on for generations. It doesn't have to do anything with, uh, with technology. We need to know human nature here. And I believe oh, that's yeah. what happened. I've heard those people over and over. They're still doing it. They're still trying to say the same thing that can't be proven. Right. Because they don't have to prove it. And that's the thing. They don't have to prove it. If you, if you make an accusation, sometimes you don't have to prove it. You can just say it, and people will believe it. And, and you know, just the suspicion is enough to kind of um, discredit a person in the community. Especially the leader. I have a saying that I created this week because I'm dealing with these things too, you know, and it's like it's easier to believe a lie than it is to speak the truth. Well, yeah. That's true. I I have a question. Um, just this is uh, going to change the subject, but my question is, um, why do you think there's more women TIs than there are men? Why why are I mean, there's got to be probably unless men aren't coming out of the the you know uh, woods you know and and coming forth and admitting to being you know TIs, uh, there seems to be a lot more women. Than, uh, than there are men, T.I. Well, I have a theory about that, and I don't know if it's true or not, but um, I think the idea is, I mean, it's just satanic. Uh, these are people that, um, that like to prey on who they, people that they feel are vulnerable and weak mm-hmm. and to make them suffer. So um, yeah, women are, um, um, are are a prime target, and they are the most numerous in our community. And I think it has to do with um, their culture. Just a theory of mine. I'm sorry, my phone must have cut out. I missed the last part of that. You think it has well, to do with what? I think it has to do with the satanic culture, and um, they're, I think they like to to prey on those that they feel are weak and helpless. All right. 
it's just a theory of mine, but uh, that most often uh, those that they feel are uh, vulnerable and um, also it's a lot easier for them to isolate somebody that's single and to drive them just all the way down to the ground than somebody that's connected to marriage and a family that has a support system and so forth. And we have um, about 90% of our community, according to our surveys, are single individuals. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess that's, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I know someone right now who is uh, suffering just tremendously, unbelievably. And there are many of you, actually, that are suffering to that degree. Yeah. And um, and we tried some things to help him. But um, he's single, he's alone, which intensifies the suffering. Because, you know, you're by yourself, you don't have people around to... to um, to comfort you, to encourage you, and and to help you in, in various things. Um, so, you know, all of these could be reasons. Yeah. Hmm. Why um, most of the TIs are older, but there are some that are younger. Uh, has anyone got any ideas on, on the age? Um, the age uh, factor. Like, I I think I'm a TI because I'm a a whistleblower and an injured worker. I I think mine is corporate-driven. I don't... There may be... I know there's a government element to it. You know, the state of California, different agencies, I believe, have um, helped... Uh, 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 what I'm going through help to um, help the people to target me, so to speak. And um, uh, but I'm uh, I, some people uh, believe that they're TIs because of um, uh, of government uh, experimentation. And I think that's what Dr. John Hall um, uh, believes. He thinks it's just a, a, a big uh, pot of experimentation. But if that's, well, the, if, if that's yeah. correct, then the government is, is asking huge corporations to pick their, you know, you know pick somebody and we'll target them. Yeah, he's, he's right to an extent. It is experimentation. Um, and what they're doing is actually hasn't been done before. And what they're doing is um, is trying to take over humanity. And uh, basically, it's it's all leading, at least in my opinion, to a, to a society where everyone is controlled and where everyone is suffering, and um, there is chaos and war and fighting and killing. And and this is a worldwide agenda that I feel is they're trying to impose upon all of humanity. So um, 
STIs, we can see it that. Just doesn't, uh, you know, if you step back and look at, at that, they want us all to be fighting and at war, and they want nations to be at war. Uh, right. I just don't get it. Uh, why? You know? Um, well, I mean, there really isn't a good reason why, you know, something like, like that is their goal. Um, but anyway, at the same time, though, what we need to do is kind of alert people to what is happening so that, because there are a lot of people in this world that also are committed to the opposite and creating a world where um, people do have enough to eat, people do get along, and that there aren't all these wars and things that are happening. And these are the same people that, to some extent, see the dysfunctionality that the... um, the New World Order is trying to impose on everyone. They do see that to an extent. Hmm. Uh, well, I don't know. It was me. Hello? Hello. Uh, can I um, say something about the reason why um, elder women yeah. have been targeted? Um, for, for one, it, it's kind of situational. You have to have to have the right situation um, to go after. Like uh, around me, they're microchipping people, and I don't think it's the government. I think someone stole something, stole bags of microchips, and they're running around going after certain women, girls even at 17 years old. So this makes these guys old, like. They're 15 years older than me, and I'm 55. So my son, which is, you know, 21 years old now, he's been attacked. And they're telling me he's chipped. Oh, boy. See how they did it around my town is they sneak in the middle of the night. They do. They are locksmiths. They just undo the lock, and they sneak in crawling on the floor, they find they know where the victim is, they find them, they knock them out with something, I don't even know. Um, you know that I think it's through their brain waves they knock them out. But they were showing me. I mean, I've got actual, they break into my visual cortex. And they showed me they're breaking into my, my son's girlfriend's home. And they say the weirdest things, like, as they're breaking in, there's two of them, skinny, you know, I can almost see their shapes. They break into the house and they're crawling on the ground and they say, oh, cheap linoleum. So these people are actually biased. You know, they're actually thinking they're like, you know, the linole- you know what I mean? I mean, they're degrading her house as they, as they sneak in and they show me that they're, go- and they're showing me the, ho- the kitchen and they turned down the way and they showed me my son laying on the sofa. I thought my kid was in bed with his girlfriend. No, he was laying on the sofa right there in the living room. And he's six foot two plus with big arms and strong. Nobody's going to mess with him when they wake him up. So they've got to have something that they know is going to get him right away. Can I, I let me respond to you. Uh, um, uh, I, I have, you know, uh, had sleeping problems, but um, there are times when I've had enough sleep and I get up and I'll go sit on the couch and I'll start playing on the computer and almost within seconds, I cannot keep my eyes open. 
And okay, I that's... know immediately that they're doing something to me to make me okay. sleepy again. And I have right. no choice but to go back to bed until yes. it's, they're willing to allow me to be awake. Right. That happens to me. So maybe they did that to my son, too. I think they have the ability to keep us asleep. They showed me that they put a bio, they said that they put a biochip in his sinuses. Well, you know, with all this craziness, I'm the only one for the last three or four years that mentioned biochip. I haven't done much research from it because nobody, it's just a medical RFID chip from what I can tell. Da-da-da. But these people, this is not even in my head, biochip, and they tell me, they're shoving biochips in people's sinuses. And how I knew this did happen, the next day I paid my kid to go for a walk with me. I had to be with him. Him and his girlfriend, 10 bucks a girlfriend, 10 bucks a piece. You kids come out with me for a couple hours. My, my son had the uh, bloody nose for the first time. And the thing is, his hands started shaking. You could almost see him feel that he's been abused. His soul knew he was he was abused, so you know physically abused. Then he's got these huge drops of blood in his nose from his nose, and I'm freaking out. I didn't know what, what am I supposed to do? You've got a, I, you know, I, he's got a fresh biochip in his nose, in his sinuses. What am I supposed to do? Well, that sends me over the rain, you know, over to another, you know, split personality. There, it's like the trauma. Who am I supposed to go to? police well i I, in response to that i mean i i the the more i read about what's going on the more um everyone needs to know that even hospitals are participating in these scenarios against targeted individuals surgery centers uh that's where i was maimed uh during work uh, workers compensation medical procedures i don't know if, if um i've told you this group before but as an injured worker, I have been systematically maimed through workers' compensation uh, procedures. During my last lumbar epidural steroid injection, I was brutally forced under anesthesia in a very nice surgery center. The anesthesiologist was my was the owner of the surgery center. He did nothing to stop my uh, orthopedic surgeon from forcing me under anesthesia. And what he did was he shoved the needle on the left side of my back and held it up against the nerve until I would give in to anesthesia. There was literally nothing I could do. I was screaming bloody murder, uh, uh, trying to get him to stop. And um, when I awakened, I I had been maimed from my skull down to my tailbone, my entire spinal column. And I had injections throughout my neck, shoulders, back uh, that I could feel. There probably were other injections as well. Um, The stuff that was under my skin and in my muscles and uh, on both sides of my spinal column and and, in the back of my spinal column tingled and popped like Alka-Seltzer. And then over the next several weeks uh, and actually two or three months, uh, it burned and corroded all the ligaments in my spinal column and muscles, oh. tendons in my back. I am in chronic pain every day. Uh, and talk how, about how long? trauma. Talk about trauma. And I have right. I went to hospitals trying to get help, and I went to 
my my workers' comp attorney, they dropped me as a client. Um, uh, wow. Within yeah, within. Uh, well, you just uh, you just brought up. They did five spinal taps on me, and I'll never forget. And the reason I was so squirmy, I'm like, every time the guy, it was a, a new. They were uh, introducing students to come do a spinal tap because I had meningitis. I think I had meningitis because they put a my I was had an infection in my body. You get meningitis in your body when you have a you know a foreign object. This was after giving birth. They couldn't figure out why does she have meningitis. I ran 105 fever. Wish I had damn died. You know, then yeah. I wouldn't have to give birth to another other more children. Wouldn't have to have other children go through this hell. But besides that, I come down with meningitis. Kids. You know, I have to go back in the hospital, almost die. I've got 105 fever. Now they want to do, I have definite meningitis. There is white, milky substance in my spine. The best doctor was the ER doctor. Didn't hurt at all for a spinal tap. Then they wanted to do four or five more spinal taps. For one, spinal taps are very dangerous. They yeah. can easily they can easily make maim you and make you never walk again. So There are many... I'm sorry, they, had intern, they had an intern come in, and he kept on missing. And you can hear the pop, pop, the air going in. Finally, I I just I was bitching so much that this guy had to leave within the, by the third one. And they made me feel so guilty. And the look on my face, I was ready to kill him with the looks on. I was like eyeing this guy, like get the hell out of my room. An intern. This man had never done a, a spinal tap, and they're experimenting on me for one. I am built differently. I am built like a little kid. These doctors don't do crap. They don't teach the interns crap. I would say probably one out of 25, you know, are built the way I am, and they didn't know. I mean, this was, it was, tor- it was torture. It was trauma, and I just don't remember until now. I mean, that's all, it's like that kind of stuff, that get out of my memory. I was busy with a child, you know? But. Yeah. Holy so God. The, the bottom line is, is everyone needs to understand that hospitals are participating in these, I would say, crimes against humanity. Right. They are. They they I either get some funny. sort of funding. Um, uh, and by the way, I don't know if any of you know Lisa Haven on YouTube. She does a lot of research on her YouTube channel. And she just recently, within the last week and a half, did some research on uh, our nation's uh, government or military, having done um, experimentation since the early 1900s, not since Project Paperclip, but the early 1900s in the United States. And the trail of evidence ends in the early 2000. Range and she said, she said that is very suspicious. We all know they haven't stopped. And she points out that hospitals all over the country have participated in these illegal uh, experiments on unwitting uh, patients. Right. Um, So here's the deal: when you go to the hospital or when you go to the doctor. Or when you get a vaccine uh, sometime, you don't know what they're injecting into you. Uh, it is almost like our government yes, treat, treats our nation. And the interesting part is, is if you look at our nation, unlike most nations, we are uh, a nation of people from all over the world. 
whereas other nations, well, it used to be like Germany were mostly Germans and and uh, Middle Eastern countries were mostly Middle Eastern. But now, uh, uh, but uh, the U.S. has always been uh, a melting pot of people. And maybe the U.S., uh, you know, I hate to say it, maybe the government is, in fact, using its, you know, its people. Uh, I mean, we know they are. I mean, let's not say maybe. We we know they are. We are a petri dish of experimentation. Well, so, the uh, American Indians. I mean, they made them, they're in their DNA now, they have diabetes because the government forced them to eat our lovely boxed food and processed food. And that was the first people on this on this continent. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe you've got something there. Maybe we're all just a big throw in the melting pot of experimentation, whatever, whatever you can grab out of the pot and, you know, yeah. do whatever you want to do. Hey, we can aliens then, too. We can use all... All of the military money to pretend we're aliens. Well, um, my poor neighbor. A good sign to watch. A good sign to watch and identify is where are the chemtrails? I think they first started here in the United States. Then uh, they spread over to the UK and Australia. And I think I saw something online recently of a man in a different country. I can't remember what it was. But they began spraying chemtrails in his country, and they put it up on on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, and they said, "Huh, we've heard about this, and now look and look up." And his camera looks up to the sky, and there there's chemtrails, and here comes a plane doing another line of chemtrails. And they're like, "What is going on?" Are we the only country allowing chemtrails? I know pretty much we're the only country allowing. GMOs. Well, see, um, we're not the only country doing chemtrails. Um, Canada even has chemtrails. They do. Okay. Yeah. So chemtrails um, all over the world. There, there are. Russia doesn't want GMOs. Um, uh, Some other countries don't want GMOs. But here's the deal: these are big corporations, and they don't give a hoot. They're going to do what they want to do, and experiment. And if and and here's the deal: corporations make money uh, uh, by making products, sometimes via experimentation. So who are they going to experiment on? Well, with us, of course. That's uh, you know that's you know that seems to be what's happening. Everybody says it's the government. Well, maybe it is, but I think it's also corporations. I think corporations are actually running our planet. At least the big multinational uh, yeah, our corporations. Our government has become just corporations. You know, I mean, we're an oligarchy now. When we're, that's what's ruling us is money. Right and you know, all of this medical stuff and psychological stuff—they make money off of all of that. I mean, you know, everything that's going on is to make people sick. Yes, Why? we keep getting, we keep becoming sicker. Well, I think it's because we're we're eating garbage food and um, we're not using natural remedies. You know, why do well, they say all oh, the homeopathic doctors are dying? They're being killed. They think. Well, maybe that's why. Well, they you know, want the, us to be well, sick because 
they they killed off the farmers. They killed off five generational farmers um, 15 years ago. Lots of farmers were being uh, bullied out of their farms. If they didn't get bullied out, they got murdered. And these are five generational farmers. They were up to something. That was the um, Monsanto. And now, they you know. They take money from our illness. Yeah. You know, they 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 own Big Pharma. They own the medical industry. They own the psychiatric industry. They make money from our illness is the truth of it. And, and you know, we're, we're going through this global takeover attempt and I really think this technology is out of control. It's about destroying your personal power. If you're a psychic, they're going to try to destroy that ability. If you're an activist, they're going to try to destroy that ability. They're going to try to make you feel powerless and helpless. And I think Tyrone's a good example of someone who's not buying into that. Who is out there being powerful? Is, is Ty, Tyrone still with us? Is he here, Tyrone? I don't think so. I don't think oh, Tyrone isn't on the call. He's not. Uh, how does he do it if he's homeless? I mean, where is he living? He says he flies from place to place and sleeps in the airports. Yeah, he you sleeps know, wherever he can. Pardon yeah. me. He, he saved wherever he can, wherever there's an open door. Um, uh, and he's been, and his his uh, career has been ruined. Uh, I I I bet, right? I obviously. Yeah, yeah obviously, uh, an entrepreneur. At Pardon? one time, he was uh, obviously an entre- entrepreneur. You know, you can really tell that though. Uh, by success, he used to have, um, you know, lots. Of, he made lots of money in his lifetime. Yeah. And he's also like 35. But um, he's, um, I don't remember exactly what it is that he did, but uh, he made money, lots of money in the past. And even as a very young man, he was able to amass, you know, great wealth. And um, somehow they were able to whittle that away from him. Wow. As they do with everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Right. They want to steal your power. They want you to feel helpless. If you're a spiritual uh, person, they want to affect that. If you're a psychic person, they want to destroy that. If you're an activist, they, they want to destroy that. Whatever it is that gives you power, they want to destroy. And that is because they're trying to... Okay, well, let me just say, let me just say, um, uh, I need to make this announcement because I, I get this every single week. Um, if you're just joining us, if you're new to our community and you would like to join this discussion, um, star eight is the way that you do that because everyone is muted and star eight is request to talk and it lets me know that you'd like to speak and I can unmute your line. Okay, um, I'll need to make this announcement occasionally because I get every week, you know, someone who was trying to speak and uh, they couldn't be heard. So I'll need to make it periodically. Yes, hi, um, Tyrone, go ahead. 
this is me. I was just hearing you guys. Um, the young, the lady asked me, "How do I do it?" <laughs> um, it's, it's it's not easy. It is not easy. Um, you know, you have to have a mindset of you already know there are going to be people trying to thwart your efforts. You know that you're going to be attacked anyway, so you kind of got to get out and do what you can. I have a few people who support me from the community. Um, if there's someone who has an open door, you know, someone has a room in their house is willing to let me sleep there. Uh, for a few days, I do, you know, occasionally sleep at other people's homes. But for the most part, I'd be out on the streets. You know, I go to an airport, sleep at an airport whenever I fly from one place to another. If I can afford Airbnb, uh, you know, I, I get a room at Airbnb. They're only like 30 or 40 bucks. Uh, but sometimes I have to save that money. And I literally sleep in airports or I'll sleep outside. When I did the demonstration in Washington, D.C., I slept outside for several days. You know, I, it's not something I want to do. But right. It, this is important, you know. Yeah, I, don't, I, I agree. So I agree. I, that's kind of how I, I just, do it. Um, I just, um, you know, if it wasn't for um, one of my family members, I would be, for the first time in my life, uh, homeless. And I thought to myself, well, I'd be living in my car. But the fact is, I wouldn't be living in my car because they would have taken that from me because I would have had no money to move it or gas it. So... Yep. Um, I'm just amazed, uh, you know, I used to, uh, I, uh, most of my life I've been an independent woman. I moved out of the house when I was 17 years old and, um, I always made it somehow. And, um, and then when I, uh, became a, a whistleblower, uh, my employer then told me if, uh, you tell anybody about the condition of our trust account or the goings on here. I and my friends in high places will make your life very difficult. And I, did, I took that with a grain of salt. I thought, yeah, right. But I had no idea about uh, organized stalking. I didn't know that the government um, participates in it. I didn't know that, uh, you know, judges, uh, I didn't know that, you know. I mean, the state of California government actually participates against it, um, uh um, injured workers uh, at the Workers' Comp Appeals Board and at the uh, Department of Industrial Relations. And I'm sure they'll deny it um, uh, every day of the week, but here's the deal. I saw it. I saw what I didn't realize were uh, organized stalking tactics uh, being utilized against me. I didn't find out about um, organized stalking until I think December of uh 2014, and even at my Workers' Comp Appeals Board uh, trial, the judge, the court reporter, uh, both participated, uh, you know, did things that, now that I look back, I thought that w- that's, that was a form of organized stalking. Um, uh, you know, the nuances, the tactics, uh, the tactics, uh, uh, the way the trial went. Um, you know, I, I'm disappointed i had no idea that uh that government officials um uh i didn't know that even employees would be um would join in in these tactics against uh people but uh then i i'm reminded of even recently uh of a governor of alabama governor i think his name is robert bentley who didn't appreciate that he was being criticized by 
and I guess he was having some sort of affair with his senior advisor, and he didn't appreciate uh, people talking or criticizing him for it. So he attempted to utilize federal and state resources to target these people. And it fired back on him uh, because someone um, would not capitulate. Someone uh, blew the whistle on him and it became public knowledge. And I thought, I thought, you know what? This makes all the sense in the world now. It's probably been happening uh, for many, many, many years that governors, uh, 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 county supervisors, mayors, uh, etc., have all been uh, utilizing uh, uh, government resources to their advantage just because somebody was critical of their uh, work or their tenure as a as a uh, serving uh, the people. Up in the, the, uh, the Northern California and San Francisco, I was watching a video of, of um, employees uh, for the, the uh, San Francisco area uh, saying that they're being bullied and some injured workers too. And they were talking about, they, I forget what it was. Uh, I wish I hadn't just, um, you know, the video was long, but I watched the whole thing. But uh, some of the injured workers were talking about organized stalking tactics. They didn't know. But, you know, so I actually uh, put a note on their video. I said, um, you know, what you're going through, uh, you know, I told them about crimes against injured workers and and a little bit about uh, in that it has organized stalking and government-sponsored stalking. But they're saying, you know, they're working for the mayor and the mayor is actually, they say, uh, uh, having uh, co-workers bully co-workers um, or injured workers or, you know, you don't, it, it doesn't matter. There doesn't seem to be a, uh, a threshold to where... Uh, Lime release. Uh, I wonder yeah, the, the, in other words, one, one person uh, made a suggestion and wound up um, getting bullied for it. Um, so wouldn't you aim at attacking people with shock factor and trauma to shut them up and to to, to quiet them, oppress them, and suppress them, and time yeah. after time, and it doesn't matter. Well, the, the, what they were describing were the beginnings of organized stalking. Uh, right. You know, the the nuances, the bullying, the letting the airs out of the tires, and and you know, stupid stuff. Uh, gaslighting and stuff like that. Uh, but I reckon when they started talking about it, I thought, oh my gosh, they're talking about organized stalking, but they don't, they don't say that it's organized stalking. So they don't know that what they're going through actually is a campaign of tactics uh, that has a name. Um, so anyway, uh, Tyrone, I think uh, you're a magnificent person. I just want to say that. Um, I hope I don't know if you're still on the line or if you exited uh stage left there, but um I wanted to uh chit chat with you because I, I admire people who in the face of adversity uh actually stand up and and you know, pound their chest and say, What the fuck? <laughs> I don't think so, you know. Uh you know well, thank and, you. Yeah, so this is good news and, and I think um when we're not being hit with directed energy weapons, uh, 
Uh, today's a bad day for me. They're hitting me in the head. Uh, yesterday they were doing malodorants in the house, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's just never-ending. There's some shit every day. It just sucks. But um, uh, I'm, you know, I think we're all going through our little, uh, our our hell on earth, basically. And that's really what, what it's uh, meant to be. I think it's a, it's uh, meant to be a hell on earth, and it's meant to be, difficult and it's meant to oppress us just like the other gal said and uh i i i do say, i do find it hard to do anything without money i have no money and i that's why i said tyrone i i admire what you're doing and uh there was a, a man that was uh interviewed he was an injured worker and uh um he actually fell from the uh, from the top of a building, and from his knee down on one leg, it was crushed. And uh, so they tried to save it. Um, uh, the insurance carrier was uh, Liberty Mutual, and uh, he went through the workers' comp system, and they wound up having to replace his bone with a metal rod. And uh, now he's disabled, and he was ordered by the uh, the court ordered. Liberty Mutual to pay him until he was 65, and they refused to pay him. They won't pay him, and they even have a court order. So he's he's um, homeless on the streets. Um, and to see this video, by the way, I put it on Crimes Against Injured Workers. That's my Facebook page. I'm trying to warn injured workers that you could be put into this program. And if you if anybody understood how malicious uh, uh, corporations could be, uh, I think that workers' compensation insurance carriers get the top billing. Um, uh, anyway, this poor soul, God bless him, uh, uh, I put on his uh, video, uh, if anybody knows where he is, uh, please help have him contact Crimes Against Injured worker, Workers. I have no means of helping him, but I certainly... Uh, could make a few calls to churches or something around there and say, "Gosh, somebody give this guy a bed, you know, give him a you know a bowl of soup and and some yummy bread, uh, you know, um, chicken soup and bread at least once a day and a bed to sleep in." Um, there are, I can't remember. I think there's a part of our country um, that actually has a building that has uh, rooms in it that are, they're like all closet size, but they'll fit, um, they will fit a uh, twin bed, a dresser, and a chair. And that's what they're putting homeless people on. And and I say rah, rah to them. At least these homeless people, you know, they don't want to sit in their little uh, closet every day. You know, they they get up and they go out and about and they, they, I don't know where they go shower. I, I don't remember but that was a um that was on um the internet too um on youtube it was uh uh people trying to help the homeless and i think that's great you know it, leaving them outside in the elements is unacceptable in our country um, oh, yeah, i i agree and you know every once in a while uh like tyrone says that he has to um he does wind up sleeping like in airports and things like that. Although there's some people that do uh, open their doors to him. Yeah. And those are saints in our community. 
Yeah. Oh, um, anyway, I literally, I, I, I literally shower in the gym some days. You know, I get like a seven-day membership, like a free membership somewhere. Oh, uh, yeah. Or a, three, or, or a three-day free trial pass, and then I'll go shower in the gym, you know. It's and, you just, know, that's yeah. a great idea. If you could get somebody to sponsor your gym membership, what is it, about yes. probably 35 or $50 a month, you'd have a place yep. to go shower every yep, day? Yeah, exactly. Yep, so that's, you know, but that's one of the things that I try to make sure I keep on my, you know, keep up on my appearance as far as, you know, being clean. Uh, you know, I try to make sure that all my clothes are clean. I don't carry a lot of clothes with me. But, you know, if you remain clean and well-shaven, uh, you know, it makes it difficult for people to, you know, look at you like a homeless person, you know. Uh, you yeah. don't stink, you don't smell. I don't drink alcohol. I don't, you know, don't do drugs or anything. So uh, none of those are the reasons why I'm homeless anyway. But uh, my fight for this is, you know, directly related to what they took for me, how I know my life should be, and how they forced me to behave. You know, none, 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 of, none of this is okay, what they've done to me or what they're doing to anyone else. But right. I do know for me, it it was horrific. It's been about 30 years of dealing with this. And it doesn't, you know, at any given time before 2012, if they would have just left me alone, my life would be just fine. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say that I would be, I probably wouldn't even be on these conference calls. I would have just moved on and lived my life. But after 2012, oh, boy, I mean, it got really horrible. I mean, there were times where several times in my life they'd had me selling my cars, pawning my Rolexes, uh, you know, several thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent, you know, and, and I'm literally being tortured and forced to spend. I mean, it's not like I have, and this is not mind control. You know, it's not like they take over my mind and I go out and do something idiotic. It's literally, I hear this voice talking to me. I feel extreme pain, and this voice tells me what I have to do with my finances in order for the pain to stop. You know, I tried to fight it for the first few months, but hey, when it, when it gets to be an everyday thing for almost, you know, four or five months where it's every day and you've dealt yeah. with this for most of your life, you kind of go, you know what, I'm at the mercy of my torturers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know anyone who wouldn't give in. So it became a thing of, okay, i got to try to earn more money than they can force me to spend, and oh, boy, it doesn't work. <laughs> it, it literally does yeah. not work. Yep. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's that, that's one of the reasons why, you know, when I'm out here and I'm doing what I can, I, you know, I, I just, I, I just try to be the best at everything. You know, that's how I was raised. You know, do the, do the best you can with what little you have. You know, that's how I was raised, and that's the ethic that I took towards business. And I did become very successful. You know, uh, before that, I was even a high school scholar athlete, and they literally tortured me to the point of where I couldn't even graduate high school. I mean, imagine trying even to even in the high school. So you were in a PI for a long time then. For a very long time, my experience started at a very young age. But when I was in high school, I was so good in sports that they would literally, uh, my 11th grade and, and, and senior year, I was getting uh, college scholarships offers from all kinds of Division One colleges. Every major college, basically in the Midwest, was offering me uh, a scholarship. And I, you know, I never ran around to my own horn about how good I was, but my family sure did, and the newspapers were sure talking about me. And, you know, I was pretty intelligent in class, you know, and then I started, you know, then this boy started to talk to me again, you know, and it starts to torture me. I mean, I couldn't even sit in class because my skin would feel like it was being burnt. I felt like I was, uh, these painful vibrations would be going through my body and his voice would start to talk so loud that I couldn't even hear what the teacher was saying. 
So, I mean, it became a thing of you couldn't even – I, I couldn't sit in class. You know, and then they would tell me things like, you know, you got you to gotta behave like your kind of people like to behave. You're not sitting in with the crowd. And I'm going, gosh, I grew up in an inner city school. You know, I grew up in the inner city, and I'm going to this inner city school. Why do you want me to behave like these other ignorant people? You know, because I, I, I was not doing what they were doing. So they would literally torture me and force me to behave like these other kids. And I'm going, then they would tell me things like, this is behavior modification. I'm going, what the hell you mean? <laughs> behavior <laughs> modification. <laughs> My behavior was impeccable, you know. <laughs> but, you know, nowadays I laugh about it. But then, you know, it was, it was no laughing matter, you know. But nowadays, you know, I kind of I laugh about the, the ignorance of the people who have tortured me um, you know, and, and the ways that they forced me to behave, what they've taken from me. And they took more than just a lot of money from me. You know, finances, you can always try to recoup. But when they take it away from you in such a way where they're literally torturing you and you realize that there's nothing you can do, no matter how much money I had, I could not protect myself or my family from this stuff, you know, that's just, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a detrimental blow to you. You know, as especially as, a, as the the younger you are, the more they torture you. You go, oh my gosh! You know, there's nothing I can do. I got all this money, and I can't go buy any kind of product for shielding. Like there is nothing that is working. And then when yeah. I try to get close, you know, and then when I, when I try to do something else, um, you know, as far as earning more money, I would get tortured for months to where I couldn't even work. You know, luckily I own my own I own my own business to where. You know, I'll, all I had to do was shut down my office for a few months and, you know, rehire people, um, you know, develop another company and then sell it. But it, it got it got real bad, you know, for speech. When you're in an industry where you're supposed to call people and be able to talk professional and, you know, get them to purchase your, your companies and you end up talking about something way out of, out of character and you literally have to call them back and say, hey, you know what? I think somebody must have must have got on my phone or something, you know. And they go, "Yeah, I've been having that problem myself." But I mean, it, it's it, it's a shame, you know. It's sad, but yeah. hey, it's been it's been a long road for me, and um, you know, I would really appreciate more support from the community if more of us can just get out here, you know, at least for a few days, you know, and find yeah. one of these pres- presidential candidates, and we really just kind of like, you know, um, not not harass, but you know, raise awareness, you know, become, you know, not really a heckler, but become more so of, hey, look, our lives matter. You know, this is not a race thing, you know, when it comes to being a TI. You know, this is a, this this is life and death for us, you know. We are dealing with transhumanism at its worst. You know, everyone else is looking at the positive side of how this technology is being introduced to the public, and that is what I am afraid of. If we don't get out of the community hey, and let the hey, world hey, know... Um, uh, Tyrone, um, yeah, I just wanted to make a comment. Um, uh, one of the things that, uh, well, a while back, I spoke to someone who was actually a stalker for a while, and one of the things that he told me was that the guy that recruited him was a Satanist. And yeah. what he told him was that he did not have to become a Satanist himself but it would help him move up in the organization. So that let me know right there who was doing the stalking. Um, And um, many of us have these uh, satanic um, agendas that are operating in our lives. And I know that that is a backdrop, uh, at least partially in my situation. And it's also 
something that's very prominent in um, the targeting of a lot of people. And in your case, it sounds like these people are maybe not Satanists, but they are following a satanic agenda and that that's who's pulling the string. Because whatever, all the things that they are doing are counterproductive. And um, and that is basically what uh, the satanic agenda is about. And as I was saying earlier, this is an agenda that is... Uh, that is uh, trying to create a society, a worldwide society that is uh, dystopia, a dystopian society, basically, which is the opposite of a utopia. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a place where there's a lot of suffering, there's warfare, there is uh, chaos, there is what we see every day in the news, people just picking up guns and just shooting each other for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the society they're trying to create, and and this has become so prevalent, this active shooting, that people, um, I mean, it used to be that there was a reason that people shot each other, but now it's like for any little thing, it's like for no reason at all, and it's just happening, you know, every week and sometimes, you know, days at a time. And it's 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 become like a domino effect, and it's becoming. And it seems like this is a plague for mostly the U.S. You don't see it happening in other countries for some reason. Yeah. But but yeah, then you have just other that. horrific things going on in like Iraq, where there are car bombs and dozens of people killed at a time. And but you know this is all a part of this dysfunctional agenda of theirs, I believe, because they're able to to keep that type of chaos fomenting in those type of areas and uh, unrest in other places. And then and then they look at then you know we just look at your particular situation and you just wonder how many other people are they doing this program to where they're forcing them to be um the opposite of a good citizen, forcing them to do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is a heinous, a heinous agenda. Yeah. And uh, and it's operating in probably thousands and thousands of lives across the U.S. So, uh, hundreds of thousands, probably. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds I, of I, thousands. Would, I would venture to bet that a lot of people don't know what they're going through. Like, I, I had no idea. I think I was a TI back in 2005. Uh, I think that's probably when I became a TI. But in 2006 is when I think they put an implant into my tooth. And um, and then uh, 2007, I when I'd go for walks, I started noting, noticing police, but I never thought anything of it. Uh, and 2008, uh, I started getting... Um, uh, when I went for my walks, I was an avid walker, and I lived in Hawaii, and um, I noticed vans parked on the side of the roads as I was coming down, and I crossed the street. Uh, something in me said, don't walk past that van. And uh, and then a, a truck of um, two or three men um, came past me, and then they went past me again the opposite way, and then went past me again, and then I went to a gun shop, and I thought, huh, 
this is so weird. But I never thought, you know what I mean? I think those might have been, they could have been Kawinky Dinkies, but it might have been uh, the beginnings of my uh, organized stocking. So, uh, I mean, I could go on and on uh, a little bit more. Um, uh, when I lived in Colorado, um, I looked outside my second-story uh, townhome that I was renting, and there was a man standing in front of my townhome looking up at my bedroom window. And I looked down, and he wouldn't stop looking up. So I shut the curtains, and then I went back, and he was gone. And that just really weirded me out. Now, um, Robert Duncan told me recently that they use fear a lot to program you. And it it does seem like the general gist of the programming is getting TIs to hurt each other or other people. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, there it, this whole Satanist thing, I don't know how to think about it. I know that they're... Uh, you know, Michael Aquino was a Satanist and he was in our military. And he was, you know, on Oprah defending that. And he was living in San Francisco and he was an advocate for directed energy weapons. Really? You know, all, yeah, all this is on the internet. Bo- What's the guy's name? I'm, I'm going to look him up. Michael, Michael Aquino, A-Q-U-I-N-O. Okay. And uh, he actually had, uh, he was the leader of a Satanist organization called the Temple of Set. And he was advocating the use of directed energy against uh, citizens. And he was on Oprah. He wasn't saying that on Oprah, but... You know, they were questioning him at the time and saying, uh, gee, should we have Satanists in the military? This yeah. is like a little strange, you know, yeah. and you can find these videos on the Internet. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, well, yeah, this just seems to me like an excuse to hurt people. And I wonder if, you know, all this chaos that's being created is just sort of the new world order, we're going to create chaos, and then you're going to beg us to take over because your lives are going to be so awful. You know, there's something called, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember, the Hegelian dialect or something, which is you create the problem, and then you come along with the solution, mm-hmm. and everybody goes, oh, oh, great. You know, yeah, please, we're all in agony, we're all in pain. You know, come on in and and, and rule our lives if you can stop this. So, you know, um, a part of all of this could be that because you look at the world and you go, I've never seen anything like this. This is just extreme pain and torture and murder all over the place. You know, chemtrails and GMOs and... You know, all of this stuff is going on, and at the same time, we know that the UN is, you know, trying to take over certain 
areas of our lives and that there's a push for global military and global police force and global this and global that and and we know this this push for this new world order and so you know how do they pull this off uh first of all they take down all the best people and if you're a ti it's probably because you have some sense of uh, some personal power they do seem to go after people who have power of some kind. And, you know, they're trying to figure out how to take them down and how to get them to work for them. Work for them. Go destroy other people. Go destroy other TIs. Go, you know, wreak havoc in the world because that's what we're doing right now. Um you know, but they do seem to go after those people who are really intelligent or talented in some way. Mm. You know, it could be psychics, it could be scientists, it could be business people. And so, you know, what's interesting about Tyrone, and if Tyrone, if you're still on, you know, somehow all of this motivated him to focus, you know, just really focus on making a difference mm-hmm. and alerting the, the right people. And, you know, no matter what he was going through, to, you know, get this work done somehow. And and that's the kind of spirit we have to have to overcome this. And it's difficult. It's really difficult. You know, I'm going through it. We all are. You know, but somehow he found the way to find that place in himself that does not back down. And, and you know, it's quite incredible to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, thanks for sharing that, uh, Roseanne. I just want to... Uh, to mention here, um, if you're just joining the conversation and if you're new to the group and are wondering how to speak, if you're talking and no one can hear you, it's because everyone is muted and you'll need to start eight so that I can unmute your line. Sounds good. Start eight. Okay, I think so, you know, uh, in all honesty, that that is really the crux of the issue with our targeting. And um, I think that Dr. Uh, Hall is correct in the sense that it's experimentation on one level, but um, only so far as to how they can injure and take over an individual. So this is really a heinous agenda yeah. uh, with uh, sinister people at the helm and they are trying to create a society that um, is filled with uh, all kinds of suffering, uh, ruined lives. Um, they're trying to create a um, a hell on earth, basically, is um, yeah. what their agenda is. Hi. Uh, this is Tomo uh, calling from Sacramento. Um, could I um, interject and uh, make an announcement? Um, 
about the uh, uh, yeah, I'm inviting the uh, uh, TIs in Northern California to come to the um, uh, TI meeting this coming probably Wednesday or Thursday. But if you could call me in um, at five one zero six seven one four seven five zero and um, let me know um, immediately if you're interested. Um, I'm basically trying to set up a collective filing, uh, collectively filing complaints of uh, the FBI in Sacramento. Uh, that's coming this week. And then um, next week or week after, I'm hoping to set up a meeting with the uh, state legislature's uh, legislative uh, staffers in the TIs. And then hopefully in a month or two, hope to set up a forum at the uh, California State Capitol building um, where um, the professionals, such as uh, private investigators, psychologists, um, Ben Colosin is um, um, supportive right now, and also um, uh, attorney or toxicologist, um, whoever uh, helps the uh, TIs uh, are, are invited as panelists to discuss this matter. And the legislature and legislative uh, staffers are invited to ask questions and ex um, exchange opinions and make statements. Uh, especially uh, with respect to uh, prospective legislation on this matter. Okay. So, uh, um, yeah. Tomo, do you want um, if you if you want to send me an email uh, to that you know to that effect, I can probably send it around to the community so that people can uh, can join your meeting. Is is it this coming Wednesday? Are you talking about in a couple days? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's only. Uh, filing of the FBI, so it's uh, I believe only for those who 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 live around here. Okay, send me yeah. an email and I and I can send it to the community. Okay. Okay. Oh, and also, Derek, I was wondering, did you get to find out about the uh, the TI in California who won a civil lawsuit against the purpose? Um, I haven't heard back from her. You're talking about the one that uh, that won her lawsuit, right? Yeah. Did she, is she a target of? Is she a victim of just gang stalking, or is she also like tortured with electronic weapons and stuff? I I don't know. I haven't uh, heard back from her. Mm -hmm. uh, she just uh, gave me some information, and uh, that was about it. So I'm trying to reach her to get more details. Would would she be would she mind if if her name is um if you announce her name because I can do some um plaintiff search on the uh, online database to find out she may uh, have a, a gag order she put the gag order uh, they she might be uh, required to not speak about winning her uh, case right might be it might not be that that I don't know. So, yeah, it, it would be great if we knew how her case was going along. I hope she's okay, and I, you know, maybe we should even verify that she is okay. She won her case, but is everything okay? Have things have things stopped? Is she still being? Um, is she still receiving tactics? I call them tactics. Um, you know, uh, just you know it. It may I, I don't know. I've been. Uh, she emailed me, you know, a few times, 
and um, to explain her case and so forth. And but then, you know, she stopped for some reason. Um, yeah, maybe or that uh, perhaps are blocking your communication with her because uh, my emails get deleted without my knowledge. So um, I just wonder, would she be willing, did she say that she's willing to uh, share her case with the TI community or? Um, I, no, I, I don't know. I don't I know. know what you're willing to do. But um, she she must be uh, pretty sharp if she got uh, she was able to win her case over these perps. Yeah, so, where is that? is that that the state court or federal court or do you know like uh, where about is she in like uh, like uh, I don't know San Francisco or like I don't know where about that that do you know the jurisdiction like which court that would be? Is okay, she... what you just said, but. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that I will hear from her soon, and uh, then maybe you can be in touch with her. Yeah, uh, it's kind of important to compile the cases where the uh, victims prevailed. So. Well, I I agree. Yeah. But um, but you know, I haven't heard back from her. But if I do, uh, have... it'd be interesting to add that if she's in California and she prevailed in California, it would be interesting to see who the judge was because uh, uh, some of these judges, um, you know, are corrupt. I mean, I hate, they're not just in California. I mean, they're all over the nation. But if, if uh, I, that's another obstacle that we as TIs are going to be up against, and that is uh, okay, money well, on the are... other end. Some Pardon? some are obviously and some not, but um, yeah, yeah. so you just have to. Um, I mean, you're taking your chances, and you might end up with someone who is fair. And um, I mean, I I um, I'm not often in court. In fact, I'm hardly ever in court. However, um, I did see some of the proceedings with Kathleen Watterson's case. And I watched the judge as he presided over, the, you know, what happened and everything. And uh, he was actually somebody that was fair. And he was actually on Kathleen's side. But um, she just didn't uh, win her case. But, um, she, you know, he was ready to, uh, to award her uh, if she had presented um, sufficient evidence. So, you know, you can prevail, you can get a good judge, you can, you can get somebody that is uh, willing to look at the evidence and rule on the merits of your case. So we do need to keep that in mind. There are, uh, there are those in the, in the system, the legal system even, that will give you a fair hearing. Yeah, and also, how about that, the uh, Peter Mizzoni, the uh, private investigator in San Diego, um, he, did he have any? Uh, was uh, were some of his uh, clients actually? Uh, did they win win any civil lawsuits? You said, or I'm not quite sure. That that I thought what I, is what I heard, but then kind of always kind of get settled out of court up you know, something like that. Do you know anything about it, or? Um. No, I'm not sure of all what you're talking about there. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
I will let you know if I hear from Felicia. From what? Uh, the lady with the case. The okay. lady in, in uh, California. Yeah. Anyway, we, anyway, I think what we're talking about was quite interesting, and hopefully we can get back to that. But if if you guys have uh, more comments about, you know, where this targeting is about and where it's going, you know, we can continue on that. It was a fascinating discussion. And if you'd like to join the discussion, uh, star eight is the request to talk feature on your telephone. And I can unmute your line. Um, somebody's background is cutting in on our conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear it now. Not that I'm complaining. I'm not complaining, but... Um, yeah, so we were talking about, uh, do we know the state that has the least amount of TIs or uh, uh, a region? I mean, mean, yeah, this, there isn't like a region of that, but, you know, North and South Dakota are the states with the least amount of TIs. Really? Wonder why. Um, and then I wondered, um, you remember when years and years and years ago we had lead paint? I wonder if um lead paint would help reduce some of the electromagnetic torture. For example, you know, there's there's a certain kind of paint that you can put on the wall that helps to reduce um, electron, elect, electronic and Wi-Fi, and uh, it comes out of um, a different country, actually, when you order it. I think you have to order it from a different... And it's literally solid black, and then you paint over it um, whatever color you want, but... If you want to reduce the, um, I guess, the electrical or Wi-Fi or uh, the electric waves, you you know, you can choose a room in your home. It's very expensive paint. And you paint the ceiling to the floor. And oh. and it's all black. And then you paint over it. Uh, and, then on, and then on your floor, you have to put something on your floor. I forget what it was. Um, it's called Y Shield. You buy it from Less EMS, but I spent a lot of money <laughs> trying to get a small room painted. You only get a small amount for a lot of money, and yeah. uh, have doors in the room. And I'm told it what it does is block microwave energy. I'm not an expert in that at all, but I, I do believe that Peter said uh, one night that if there's one little crack in it, you're your shield is blown, so it's very, very difficult to get that room completely solid. You know, cover your windows, your doors, everything. And yeah. uh, I gave up. I gave up. You can paint over it. I still have some black, <laughs> black stuff on my walls, but you can spend an awful lot of money on shielding. And um, it's it's best to just listen to the calls and hear people give suggestions that might apply to you. Don't spend a lot of money. Initially, unless you know absolutely for sure it's something that is um, that's going to work, mm-hmm. that works for your particular situation because everybody has a different one. You know, so I mean, there is a, there is metallic paint 
that has uh, pieces of metal. And some people have used that. And it, it's helped some people. It's just like anything else. Um, it works for some people, not others. What's the co- what's the content of it? What's what is that? I don't know. A metallic paint. Oh, okay, yeah. That's but does that work? Because the tin foil doesn't work at all. That's yeah. a joke. You know, I well, I, well, that does. I mean, um, you have to use you know many many layers. Um, actually, I know this one guy that uses fifty layers of the um, aluminum foil. And it works well. And I know some other people that have tried it, and it worked well for them as well. So, Really? It depends. Yeah, you have to use maybe anything will work if you apply enough layers. I don't know. But um, but that's what he made an entire blanket um, of aluminum foil, but he used 50 layers, and it works. Okay. There's also that Reflectix that Dwight talked about that you can get it at the depot or Lowe's, and it's um, what it is is mylar, and on two sides, sandwiched in be- in between those two layers, is a, a bubble wrap. But you can get it in big sheets, uh, rolls, and it's it, it's easy to work with. So that might be something to think about too. Well, I have heard that it's effective. That reflective. Yeah, I like it, but I also like something else because it seems to help. Um, okay, when the reflectix is by itself, it's not as great as I've got this big uh, sheet that I made from something that Michael Bell suggested in his book, you know, back, um, the, the Invisible Crime was his book. And he suggested taking contact paper with old videotape and line after line after line sandwiching the um the contact paper in between, uh, excuse me, sandwiching the videotape between the contact, two layers of contact paper, I made a whole sheet out of it. So I put that sheet under the reflectix, and it's better than just the reflectix by itself. It's black. I don't know whether that has anything to do with it, but the tape itself has the magnetic um, quality, and so that's why that was his theory. I think he and Dwight worked that out one time, too, so. Made it in his book. Takes a while. <laughs> That's the only thing. So I wonder why South and North Dakota don't have a whole lot of TIs. Well, but they it, don't have a lot of people in most no. states uh, anyway. But C- California has the most, right? Wouldn't you say it has to do with no. the government? government too, because government agencies here in California actually participate in these uh, targeting tactics. Well, that, uh, there was something to that, actually, because uh, Los Angeles County actually has the largest number of uh, military and defense-related industry in the nation. Which correlates to the number of uh, of TIs. Largest concentration of TIs is in Southern California, which is where these military, industrial, defense-related industries are. So it's it's all related in some capacity. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
Interesting. And actually, the reason I learned that is uh, I was on the Los Angeles County website, and they stated that, that they have the largest concentration of military defense-related industry right there in their county. No kidding. Well, that's interesting. Um, uh, let me just add this one little tidbit. Remember I told you I've, I've been targeted through my workers' compensation claim. The defense attorney in my work comp claim is former military. He's a former military hostage negotiator. And the outfit that he works for, by the way, he used to work for the California State Fund. And the outfit that he works for has um, it has offices in, uh, I think, San Francisco, definitely in Los Angeles, and here in Orange County. So, um, uh, he wrote a letter to my former work comp attorney before I had been named by the orthopedic surgeon uh, pointing out that um, in, in an effort to imbue my my attorney to encourage me to settle, um, he pointed out that uh, it looks like uh, she's being harmed during her physical, you know, her uh, treatments. You know, I, that's not a verbatim, but if I read it to you, you'd be all like, wow. Uh, amazing that he would actually put that forth in a letter. He gave three reasons why uh, my attorney should encourage me to settle, and that was one of them, that it appeared as though I was being harmed rather than benefiting from the medical treatment. And I had wondered, does he use his, does he use these tactics to aid him in being successful in his, his as his job as an attorney now, you know, he, I don't know. Has he been using these tactics to further his career? I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't know. I go ahead. People, I, I'm just, I'm just uh, muddling through thoughts right now. I'm just, you know, I'm just muddling through thoughts, and uh, and of course, he was, he was the attorney that was present during the trial where they did some, um, you know, they did some. Uh, what I would, uh, I, uh, my observation is, is uh, organized stalking tactics. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you were talking about uh, North and South Dakota. Yeah. Uh, I was. But um, actually, you know, um, Alaska has um, a good number of TIs uh, there. And Anchorage has a few, and then there's some others in other places. Um, and uh, actually, the city of Anchorage. Um, is one of just maybe a couple of cities in the U.S. that has a workplace mobbing policy. 
actually. Really? They have wow. adopted us. Um, and, you know, if, you know, they they cultivate a um, an atmosphere to where, you know, if if someone is, you know, caught or, um, you know, you can file a complaint against someone who is mobbing you and, you know, doing things like uh, sabotaging your work or colluding with others to try to you know, terminate you at your job, um, stalking you, spying, and, um, you know, a supervisor that's overbearing or coworkers that are... Um, overbearing in some manner, you know, all of these things, you know, someone can file a complaint against you uh, for this type of momming activity and it will be addressed. So um, let's see, uh, Anchorage, Alaska, Tuscaloosa, Alabama also has this policy. Um, And then one state, actually, state of Tennessee, has a workplace mobbing uh, policy for their state workers. So um, uh, these are, you know, hopefully there will be other states that will take this up and there's been some legislation introduced in some other houses, but only one of them has uh, been passed so far. And I think it was in Maine, I believe, that workplace mobbing uh, passed both houses of their state congress, but the the governor vetoed it. (gasps) Really? You know, to get all of that way, but um, but this why is why would you up- veto that bill? I don't know. I don't know. That that right there, in and of itself, does not make a governor look good. I know. You know, people really need to pay attention to what their governors are doing in each and every state. What bills they're um they're vetoing what bills they're passing, especially what bills are passing, because no doubt they favor some corporation. Uh, and you know what I mean? I mean, our world has become, uh, you know, uh, people came here for freedom and um, corporations, uh, actually, it's my understanding that most, uh, I'll, I'll, one of the reasons why people came to America is because they're, you weren't allowed to have corporations in the United Kingdom because they had too uh, much power against the people. Well, uh, yeah. And, um, and, also, and aren't we seeing uh, that now? Aren't we seeing what? I think that organized stalking has become... Pardon me? Are you saying a reversal of that freedom? I'm well. I mean, I think that they're trying to turn us back to the dark ages, where we get to work well, for nothing. I mean. And and look at the oh, here's a prime example: Tyson and a several other uh, chicken uh, makers or companies here in the United States. Uh, some uh, a lot of the uh, workers on the assembly line are wearing diapers because they can't leave their post for a bathroom break. That's been in the news. That was in the news this last week. What? Yes. Oh, yes, no. as hard as that is to believe. They, if they can't find a, play, a replacement for them in the assembly line, then they have to hold oh, it for up, for up to an hour. And if they yeah. still can't find anybody, they still cannot leave their post. 
Wow. That is amazing. So if that's not a testament to where we're going as a nation uh, with corporations. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also want to add about the workplace mobbing. Um, It's, you know, they are way far advanced. Um, They are way ahead of, you know, our lobby and trying to get, get things passed. And I think one of the things that Tomo wants to do is introduce legislation uh, to the California uh, legislature about our issues. She really does not know what a tough road that is, and I really cannot convince her. But um, as I was saying, the, uh, the workplace lobby is, you know, they're, they're quite numerous all across the U.S., and they have actually managed to introduce uh, workplace mobbing legislation in 26 legislatures across the U.S., 26 of them. And so far, only one of them has passed. Oh, you're kidding. Well, well yeah. I, Is there any feedback on why they're, they're vetoing these bills? Well, it's not necessarily vetoing. It's just getting people to vote for them. And um, and I guess a lot of it is um, they're lodged in committees and they don't get to vote on them. So there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of politics at the state level and you're dealing with dozens and dozens of legislatures, of le- legislators rather. And... Uh, and a bill can get very easily mired in politics. I mean, in Congress, uh, only 5% of bills become law. 5%. So the odds are way stacked against any legislation, you know, of any, um, of any particular um, cause, of any, t- any type of um, uh, lobby, that uh, introduces uh, legislation. Um, It's an uphill battle for any of them. If you're talking about uh, a 95% um, uh, well, actually only 5% passage rate. So, um, getting a bill passed in in, um, the state and and Congress is really an uphill battle which is why I've been um, I've been urging people to work at the local level, where you have ten to fifteen individuals, and um, ordinances are much easier to pass that way. And you're just as covered, you're just as protected. Um, for those of uh, I don't know if everyone on the line knows what workplace mobbing is. Does anyone have a, a suitable definition of it, and can can it be described to us? Uh, you know, I have an idea, but um, you know, I based on what I went through uh, after I filed a workers' comp claim. But I'm just curious. Well, in your case, uh, it sounds like you would need you know whistleblower protection, 
which is something different than workplace mobbing, somewhat. But an example of workplace mobbing, it sounds like uh, your co-workers are standing around you and bumping into you and, you know, harassing you in some way. Right. Well, the uh, workplace mobbing uh, lobby people, they have a bill that they've created, and uh, it's what they introduce to state legislatures. And it's called the Healthy Workplace Bill. And it has the same features um, uh, in all of these, uh, you know, state houses. And um, I haven't read the entire thing, but basically the idea is that um, there will be a healthy workplace. It will be free from, um, from things like harassment, uh, whether it's uh, a coworker or a supervisor, and um, things like sabotaging of uh, your work, uh, trying to get people terminated at at uh, at their job, uh, stalking is actually included in the language, uh, spying, and and so forth. So these are um, deliberate acts where um, either one or more people participate in trying to get, uh, deliberately, trying to get a person terminated. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's been attempted 26 times, did you say? And, yeah. And, and, and nobody votes for it or... It was voted for in, in Alaska, but well, in Anchorage they have they have it at the city level. Mm. But it went to the governor's office and it was vetoed. Um, I'm not sure if they introduced it at the state level or not. Mm. Um, I know it was uh, introduced in California, and I believe it was introduced in New York State. And then, um, and I believe uh, in Maine and some other places as well. Um, but I haven't fo- followed the uh, workplace mobbing lobby very closely. I just know some basic things about their lobby, and they're much larger than we are, and they're they're much more powerful and they're much more organized than we are, and and still uh, they have difficulty in getting their their, um, their legislation passed. Um, but you just got to remember at the same time, uh, everyone has that difficulty, no matter what the cause is. Yeah, unless you're a corporation and you can buy yourself you have your own attorneys to write the bills and and money to buy off your elected officials to get it passed. Well, it's it's money and politics that uh, might make the difference. Uh, now, at the uh, at the congressional level, uh, you're looking at um, 
5% is what they say, but the last few um, sessions of Congress, the success rate is about uh, 2 to 3% of bills that pass. Wow. So uh, those that are going to their congressional representatives and going to their state house representatives um, really don't realize what an uphill battle that is to get assistance from them. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think Dr. John Hall said that um, many TIs have um, written to our senators here and I think it's Barbara Boxer and Diane Weinstein and I think he said that one of the two responds um, with letters that uh, encourage the TI to get mental help. And this shocks me since the state of California, you can't tell me these these ladies don't know about organized stalking or government-sponsored stalking um, at their level. There's just no way they don't know. If they don't, I... Then there, I, I, I just am. My mind is boggled why they wouldn't. Since some of them, since some of the cities or mayors seem to be participating in these cruel acts against people. So, well, sometimes they are, sometimes not. Um, it, it just depends. Um, now there are, um. I think there are good people, good politicians, and uh, I've talked to um, representatives at the city level, and they seem sincere. I mean, I'm just meeting them for the first time. I can only uh, go by a first impression. In, in your neck of the wi- in your neck of the woods, or well, I mean, in several places. We're well, talking- in Rich Richmond, I mean, they did a good deed, didn't they? Um, Well, you know, not everyone was on board with Amy. I mean, she had to be persistent. And she had to, um, she went to various ones on council until she found someone that was willing to work with her. And and when she did, um, Javonka Beckles, she was someone who took her seriously and took this issue all the way to uh, a successful vote which was the resolution uh, which passed Dennis Kucinich's Space, uh, Space Preservation Act. So there's um, oftentimes, you know, one is all you need. Um, if it's a strong voice, in uh, Amy's case, she was very fortunate that uh, Javanka is a strong voice on council and people listen to her. And so she was able to be successful in getting legislation passed and uh, Javanka is is um, is uh, able to uh, to get the support from the other council members in legislation, you know, if she wants it or if she needs it, and the support of those in the community. So it just depends, you know, if you're persistent, if you can identify uh, a council member that um, is willing to work with you and be supportive. And uh, Amy, Amy found that in Richmond. And I believe that there are others in other cities that will also listen 
to TIs and be supportive and be willing to sponsor legislation that will protect TIs. Well, I hope so. I think, yeah, we're making baby steps. And I've been assured that not everybody is corrupt. Um, I even had attorneys that encouraged me to continue to try to find an attorney <laughs> to take my case uh, against the insurance carrier. Um, okay, well, for, no, uh, not everyone, not everyone is, is corrupt. Yeah, and um, and I'm discovering that it's just a matter of being able to convince uh, those that we talk to that this is an issue that is uh, really affecting people, and uh, some of them do listen. Um, it's just that it's very new, and it's very far from the realm of reality, and uh, especially when you get into mind control technologies and these groups that are stalking people, it's just way far away from the experience of the average citizen. So um, so in some situations, in some instances, it's difficult to convince people, but uh, there are some that will listen. And usually it's those individuals that have a concern for those that are suffering and have a concern for um, their citizens. And there are people like that that we have been talking to. So, uh, yeah, there's hope. And at the city level, it's very possible to get legislation uh, passed. And and the proof is in what happened actually uh, almost a year ago to the day in Richmond, California. That was May 19th of last yeah. year that they passed that resolution. So it was almost exactly a year ago. Yep. I'm going to be a year. What did you say? Pardon? Oh, did you say something? Oh. I was just going to say that, um, at least in my own world, this is Linda, in my own world um, with my gang stalkers, they are very active at brainwashing the people around me, including police and so forth. And so I, I think we also have to consider the fact that our political people are also getting targeted. I mean, sometimes they make rulings that make absolutely no sense at all. And why wouldn't they target the law, you know, the people who could pass laws that could harm them just as much as they're targeting us? So sometimes it's not, I, I'm, I tend to really err on the side of not thinking that the police and um, people around me are choosing a free will to harm me because I, I, don't, I don't think in general people do that. I think... Um, there's a, a small percentage of people who do that. But I think a large percentage of the people that seem to be acting in ways that are against us are either being temporarily brainwashed or temporarily um, seized because I'm somebody who gets temporarily seized by her group and made to say things that I would never say and made to do things I would never do. And I, I am, have always been a very sovereign and integrous woman. 
and a very honest and clear woman. I didn't have a lot of mixed signals going on. And yet I, my group can do that with me, and I see them do that with my friends and family around me. So anyways, on, on the topic of the political thing, I, I think sometimes that, that that's also going on. And um, Well, what we're talking about was uh, legislation right. that can help TIs, and uh, we talked about you know, working at the state level and the congressional level, and that is just nearly impossible for for us to get legislation passed at that level right. because right. of the politics involved and because the odds are way, way against us. And TIs may not realize that um, during the last few sessions of Congress, there was like a 2 to 3% success rate. Um, two to three percent passage rate of um, legislation, which means that uh, 97 to 98% of bills submitted to Congress never made it to law. Right, right. And these are uh, causes that people are generally aware aware of. But in our case, we would have to explain everything to them and make them oh, aware of it, and then, in some cases, try to convince them that this is really happening. Uh-huh. When so are we ever going to get over that that hurdle? I mean, how do we get to the point? Like, um, one of my friends was saying, you know, I I I see what's happening to you. It's it's serious. It's like the most serious thing I've ever seen, and yet I've heard nothing about it. And, um, and I oh, said, yeah. well, we're trying to, you know, make people more aware. And he says, well, you're not doing a very good job. You know, and, and I, of course, know everybody is doing what they can, but how do we get past that? Well, it's going to take a concerted effort, and it's going to take work at the city level because that's where, you know, we have a chance of um, of success. You have, like, nine to ten people usually. Uh, to convince, and you look at Richmond. You have several council, seven uh, council members there, and uh, Javanka is one of the most influential um, individuals on their council. And Amy was able to able Amy was able to convince her of um, what was happening, and as a result of that. Um, the, she was able to, the uh, Javanka was able to convince the others that uh, this was a real issue. And also because of the testimony of target individuals, um, uh, people that were um, targeted came forth and testified as to their suffering. And it touched the hearts and minds of those on council. And they wanted more information. They wanted you know, explain to us what what are you talking about? What's what? Are, who are they? What are they doing? You know, some of them are reaching out, trying to understand what this targeting was and what it's about. And so, um, when it came came time to vote for this legislation, they all voted for it because they wanted to help these people. And what happened then was that the the news media got a hold of the story. Of course, the perpetrators were behind that. And then they spun it in the news. They spun it that um, you know, people that the, the council had voted for legislation where um, to, 
protect people who are getting attacked by beams from outer space, is what the news media said, which made the, the Richmond City Council look ridiculous. And so um, now there are some still willing to help Amy, but they have to do it uh, quietly or else the citizens will be, you know, up in arms. Right, right. So... It just depends on what you do, how you do it, how um, how you go about things. Um, I, now, what we're trying to do is create a um, a coalition of representatives that will be working together to solve this. And um, there are some on Richmond City Council that. Um, still are supportive of what they voted for. It's just that now they're saying they have to be careful because um, they can't really politically survive uh, what happened um, a year ago in May in the media. Politically, they couldn't survive that again. So what they have to do is... They couldn't survive it because they were talking about Directed energy weapons, is that it? Is that what you're saying? Because of the ridicule from the press. Oh, well. And basically, <laughs> you know. Well, let's find out who those press people are. Well, it was uh, national news, like ABC, for one. So they can't, go, they can't really go against the uh, mainstream media. That's kind of what I was I was trying to say about my my perps have done something like that where something had happened with me and I had gone to the police and the police had taken me seriously. The next thing I knew, the next morning, I had a news team on me. And um, and I'm 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 asking the police, how did they even find out about this? I didn't say anything, you know. So this is the kind of uh, you know the perp activity that it's like, what are we news even? media? came to talk to you? They they had come to talk to the police about my case. Oh. Um, and I'm like, ask, how did they even know I had a case? I, uh, did you ask to speak to them yourself? No, I didn't ask to speak to the news media at all. And I asked the police, and they said the police said, we didn't say anything. I said, well, I didn't say anything. Why are they here? Oh, so, I would have wanted oh. to talk to them. I would have... I would have wanted to talk. Well, you know, it you know, it sounds like they're trying to um to do what they did to Richmond and right, trying to right. uh, it was a smear job on me. It was a smear job on me. Yeah, it would have been it would have been bad press. Right. So um that's something we have to kind of be careful of with this issue because well, that, not that everyone tells me then that their corporation might be uh, complicit in some way. I mean, if if they're not willing to take this serious issue seriously, then there might be a good reason for that. Well, yeah, I mean, there there are two sides uh, to publicity about our issues. There are some that will write a fair piece, like uh, the Washington Times reporter, when uh, he heard about the Aaron Alexis emails. He did a tremendous... Um, story about uh, the research. I mean, he um, he wrote about Jose Delgado and all of his 
research uh, on uh, experimentation with humans and animals. Um, he did a very educational piece about electronic harassment and targeted individuals. Uh, but then there are others who would um, who would try to um, ridicule targeted individuals. And that's what happened with Richmond and when they voted for this resolution, which was uh, Dennis Kucinich's Space Preservation Act. And uh, basically what they said was they supported targeted individuals, that they wanted to protect those that were in their city that were targeted by these weapons. And they declared uh, a certain area above their city as um, a space-based weapon-free zone. And uh, I think it was like 60 kilometers above the city of Richmond. So, um, and they wrote that they supported, you know, uh, TIs that come to their city and that they were to be protected. And that's basically um, all the TIs, you know, you know, that's that's basically what we're asking. Um, basically, a re- first we're asking is a recognition that this issue exists and, uh, and that uh, we're looking to the city to protect them protect us, rather. And, you know, if they're willing to do that, then we can look at some options of how to go about that. And that's really the issue for a lot of cities. Uh, the ones we talk to are concerned. It's just that they really don't know how to go about protecting a TI. And if if uh, they look at a case like... Um, um, if they look at a case like Linda's, where there's technology, where there's, where there's um, attacks that are mental, that uh, coming from um, a technology that they can't see and from individuals that are in, in hiding. Um, you know, to look at that, a city, you know, um, may throw up their hands and say, well, what, do you, what are we supposed to do about this? And uh, as we explain our situation to them and they realize that this is a covert attack and that all these people are being attacked by individuals that are in locations that, um, that they're unaware of and being, being attacked by weapons that they can't see. So it's a different type of crime, even though they recognize the suffering and they want to help. It's a different type of crime, and it's something that they're not used to dealing with, and well, they may know, not know was, what to do. There was a time. Uh, there was a time when Bush was in office, and his Secretary of State, I forget Rumsfeld, and him were in the press room, and they were asked about directed energy weapons, and it was it was so interesting to see them respond uh, in that. Uh, I forget what was said, uh, but they implied that uh, they're still being tested, and and my thoughts were, yeah, they're being tested on us. That's the problem. Um, But um, nobody asked anything further, so that was, um, you know, that was was it. I wish the, I think it was a female uh, reporter or journalist who had asked the question. I, I can't remember. Um, you see, the thing, though, about Richmond is this. 
they have had a couple of years to deal with this. I mean, they have heard about this from Amy for a couple of years. Some of these other cities are just hearing about this for the first time. Um, the council the council members in Richmond um, are supportive of Amy Anderson. They know her, uh, they know her cause, and they understand that she's suffering. And they understand that she's uh, suffering because of covert weaponry. They understand all that, whereas most other cities um, do not have that, that history and that understanding. Okay, so basically what they have told me is that um, there are things that these representatives can do. And um, we have some ideas um, that they can implement that would help target individuals. Um, but the thing is, the Richmond, the city of Richmond cannot do this on their own. They have to build a coalition. If they do, then that would establish some type of help for targeted individuals. So that, you know, if you're in a city, you can, you can go to your representatives and say, here, this is from, from the city of Richmond. This is from wherever. This is a plan of action for TIs. This is our situation. We're being targeted. And this is what you can do about it. So basically, they're offering to hand, to, to hand uh, the cities a roadmap so that they can, um, even though they don't, they don't, they may not understand the weaponry, or they may not, they may not see the the criminals that are doing this. However, and they do want to help the citizens. It's their job to protect and. Um, to provide for the health and safety of those in their constituency. So, and many of them take that seriously, I have found. But with this type of crime, they really do not have the answers and don't know what to do. However, um, the city of Richmond has been dealing with this for a number of months or maybe a couple of years. And they've had all this time to think about what to do, how to go about this. And some of them have ideas that we can pass along to other representatives. And um, I don't know what all of these are just yet. But, you know, I don't really have to know all that just yet. But um, as we continue to talk, um, we'll start to work, you know, work together and find out what this is, what all these ideas are, and then um, other cities can also brainstorm and share their resources and their ideas and um, their programs and each city that are unique to that own to that particular locality, and they can add their uh, their programs and ideas and services to the mix and come up with a comprehensive document that could be utilized in many areas. Okay, so anyway, that's basically what potentially can happen as this year progresses. Yeah. 
well, let's hope for the best. Um, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm just amazed that um, a corporate person can dial up a, a government contractor or a private investigator's firm. Um, what I understand, private investigator firms actually uh, uh, utilize organized stalking tactics against people. And they can just pay for what they want and poof, you know, destroy somebody's well, yeah. lives. Destroy so many people's lives. I mean, look at it. Right. Very right. so many. Mm-hmm. I mean, unbelievable. Well, the good news is that there are some people that are starting to listen. Well, um, on a position not, not here in California except for Richmond. i got to give um, hand it to uh, Richmond because not here in California. I've, I've dialed all over the state senators and whatnot, um, telling them what I was going through, and no one, no one cares. Well, senators are really not in a position to help. Not, not just senators. I mean, law enforcement, the district attorney's office. I personally believe uh, that it's very possible the district attorney's office is um, very, very possibly colluding with the, uh, with the defense. Well, that's possible, but... But even if they weren't, the district attorney is not in a position to help either. They're in a position to hurt. Mine does that. And one person... Well, that's true. That's true. They are in a position to, uh, to harm you. Yeah. And there, there are very few, really, officials, there are very few officials, really, that are in a position to help eyes, uh, and it's not the police department, at least not at the beginning. Uh, it's not usually the police chief, um, and uh, I try to dissuade people from going to their police chiefs. However, um, people do anyway, and I think a group just recently visited their police chiefs, uh, and I forget what town that was, and uh, they came away uh, pretty much empty-handed. Well, that's because Uh, I sat in my sheriff's office a few years after I had been told that I was delusional. You know, they took me over to the psychiatrist and I got out the next morning. But um, So I was never uh, diagnosed with anything. So I don't have it, apparently, on a paper. But four years later, I went back hoping that things had changed, a new sheriff, he calls the district attorney and he talks to her for a few minutes and he said, now, we're not qualified but we think you're delusional. Delusion in there. I'm sorry, Liz. They were protecting one of their own, a kid that um, was a That's the only thing that they can do. That's the only thing that they can do for you, um, Lonnie. Mm -hmm. Uh, The district attorney is not in a position to help either. You know, they, they really cannot there's only very certain uh, officials 
that are in a position to really protect the citizens. The district attorney is only there to prosecute criminals, as I understand it anyway. They're not really there to help the public. Well, I understand that police, if there's going to be a, a change in uh, training for police uh, these days, or somebody's talking about it, that they are going to talk about rather than just um, addressing a crime that's already been committed, try to deal with people as people a little bit more than they have been because that hasn't been. You're right, it hasn't been. Um, I heard, you know, I heard the, the gal down in California, Humanity Warriors, I, I listened to one of their YouTube things, and it was when she went before, uh, I guess it was the city council, I don't know who it was talking, but the question was, um, they presented their case, and apparently it was presented very well because the lady understood. She said, I do understand, and she said, we'd like to help, but when we come, what are we supposed to look for? So, I mean, we have to have something tangible to show these people if we're going to, you know, if we're going to call them in, apparently. That's the deal. And, and that, I, that is why that that is why this has to be approached very carefully, and mm-hmm. why you need to start with their superiors because they can then direct uh, the police department with the resources that they need to uh, effectively uh, assist our situation, and it's it's going to take a lot really to solve what um, what GIs are experiencing. And one of the things that we were talking about earlier this week is a clinic for targeted individuals. And this is something that um, we all need as well, not all of us, but the community needs as well because there are those who are injured and uh, they cannot just walk into a hospital and say, I've been attacked by electromagnetic weapons, and uh, can you can you help? Uh, they will be immediately whisked to the psych wards, and that's happened over and over and over again. So basically, what we need to look at is a comprehensive program for TIs because we have many needs. I mean, there's. Um, there's the signals that are attacking people and how are they going to be detected. And then those that that have come under attack, how are they going to be um, helped? How are they going to be healed? Um, and then after they're healed, can they be protected? So um, there's there's the clinic idea, which is excellent if this... I, if this phenomena, if this criminal activity is brought to light, then those that are under attack need to be not only healed but protected. So um, a clinic is um, would be a great environment for someone that's under severe attack and needs protection. So, um, so there's lots of factors here. Um, those that have psychological trauma and some some in our community have PTSD and need psychological help basically just to deal with what what they've already experienced so um there's there's people looking for for psychological help 
um, I get calls a lot for that type of uh, assistance. So there are many needs in this community because uh, people are injured on so many levels. So um, when we start to talk about this, um, this is one of the reasons why um, I prefer to start at the uh, city council level because uh, there's so many resources that need to be brought in to the situation rather than just um, the police because the police, they want to arrest somebody that is assaulting someone. That's their job to do that. But when they get to, to the crime scene, which is uh, a TI's house, they don't see anybody there. Yeah. They don't see the frequencies that are coming into the home. Yeah. They don't see, you know, the satellites or the equipment that's being aimed in their direction. So uh, they need something um, to point them to the criminals. And that's something we have to develop. We don't really have the equipment or, you know, I personally don't have the knowledge to point them to those criminals that are doing this. We probably need somebody like an engineer that could work with the department that can develop uh, the technologies or help them to acquire the technologies that can find these people, whoever they are. Well, um, I have a question. So there's I'm just a lot of things that go into this. I'm having trouble thinking this small because I can't work with my community right now. There's no way I can do it. I'm an individual for one thing, and one person going up there saying things worthless. But I'm trying to think. Well, no, no, we've got to start start somewhere. We've got to start somewhere. And um, actually, we'll need to start in the larger communities where you have uh, a number of TIs that can present a credible case to their officials. And then we start to get some success rates some successful uh, programs started, and then that can go to other, that can extend out to other places, other communities that also have resources, and then that can filter down to the smaller communities. That could take forever. (laughs) I mean, that's just, that's something, I I can't think that way. I I know that there are things that can be done on the national level. In fact, on the international level, there are other countries that have come up with uh, the stipulation, what's he, the the defense minister of Poland has declared no electronic uh, weaponry or or experimentation or something in his country. So there are countries that know about that, and if we're connected with all these other countries, do you have any kind of a, a, a count of how many countries are in, are uh, affected by this or who have TIs in it, actually? That- well, you know, um, what you're talking about is, is something that has to spread by word of mouth. I mean, it, it has to go from one country to the next and to the next and to the next, and Poland is where this is starting, it seems, because yeah. we're, we're talking about a minister of defense now, that would not happen here in the U.S., at least not for many years. But, um, but a country the size of Poland, it, you know, something like that uh, is possible. And actually, uh, targeted individuals were speaking directly to this uh, Polish minister of defense, and he was responding to them. Yeah. So, um, 
so yeah, I mean, in, in Poland, uh, there's starting to be some awareness of this issue, and there's actually a lot of excitement that was generated, you know, after uh, people started to uh, become aware of what this was all about, and do? and these people that were affected uh, mentally, and uh, and there's just a lot of agitation that started, and and maybe publicity. And Magnus Olsen uh, plans to return to Poland. He was Good. met uh, there with a room full of people. There were like 300 people there, you know, uh, cameras on him, people asking questions. Okay. So there was there's kind of a to-do that was made about this issue there in Poland. Mm-hmm. And we have a minister of defense that seemed to be concerned about what was happening to targeted individuals. And at that uh, one conference, he was saying that um, he was going to look into this and that he would report back to them in six months. So he was somebody that seemed to be concerned about what was happening to them. Uh, in the U.S., you know, they would just they would just yeah. kind of sweep the issue under the rug. You know, they would just kind of brush the person off like they did with uh, Tyrone. And it would just move on to something else. I understand Russia is the only nation that actually admitted that they're working on it. Uh, Putin, a few years ago, I think, said that the the nation that uh, controls electronic energy controls the world, or some weaponry, maybe. Yeah. I don't know how he said it. But he said that. He came out. Yeah, he did. It. it seems he like did it. They... They acknowledge, uh, Russia is probably the only country, you're right, that acknowledges the existence of psychotronic weapons. And they talk about it openly. And it's been in the news for for decades, actually, since um, around the 90s. It was Mm -hmm. talked about openly in the news. Well, here, of course, it's it's kept very hush-hush. But they know about it in Russia. They talk about it. But still, you have uh, target individuals there that are working to um, to be free of wep- the psychotronic weaponry attacks. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm not sure how they'll go about it there because I'm not familiar with the infrastructure there in Russia. But in, in Poland, a much smaller country, you have officials that are concerned about the health, safety, and well-being of citizens. Mm-hmm. And particularly because it's something that is um, in the news and people are talking about it. So um, yeah. hopefully from Poland, if there's um, if there are programs that are started there that helps TIs, then perhaps some of those programs will start to, um, you know, if target in- individuals speak up, mm-hmm. say like in Germany, which is one country over, uh, the German TIs start to speak up and uh, they start to um, talk about what's happening in Poland, some of those services could translate over there to Germany and, you know, to France, to the UK, to the Netherlands, you know, and to all these other countries. So I see a domino effect that could happen there in Europe and something similar that can happen here in the U.S., if some of these cities start to take up this issue? Well, I do. I, I'm thinking of one uh, senator, actually, who understands the uh, the problems involved in in the fact that we're, we're all surveilled with 
the NSA was the guy, the, I can't think of his name, Rand Paul. He ran for president for a while. But, I mean, he was willing to uh, do that filibuster because he has a strong concern for the privacy issue, which is the issue nobody really wants to talk about, but it's the major issue of, of the century. And I think what people like that, there are people like that. This guy, uh, I can't think of the guy who uh, Tyrone's talking to, but he said when, when people understand that the NSA's uh, blanket surveillance goes a lot further just, than just listening to your telephone calls, that this right. kind of is so pervasive and um, goes, you know, further. I, I don't remember how he put it, but that kind, But we do have people in Congress, maybe one or two at the time, who are willing to speak up when they know something is wrong like this. I think if somebody like well, Rand Paul understood what's going on with us, that you wouldn't be able to keep him quiet. He's just not that... Well, clear. actually, his his father... Um, uh, Ron Paul was uh-huh. was contacted by members of our community, and um, uh, I think it was Ken Rhodes that went down to see him, uh, presented him with all the evidence, him and his staff, because he made a huge uh, donation to them. So they listened to him, and uh, very attentive, uh, very attentively to what he had to say. Um, but he was, it was at a time when he was campaigning and um, there really wasn't much that he could actually do. I mean, he could be concerned as any, as, as any citizen would be, but, um, but for him to single-handedly take on this issue um, would have been a major commitment and something that he was really not prepared to do. I was um, interested something that Rand said that uh, surprised me. He was talking about, you know, cutting the budget because they're all talking about cutting the budget. And he's saying uh, he would like to cut some of the military. That surprised me that he came out with that. So, there, you know, there's some that are pretty consistent. <laughs> they're, they're not... Um, most people who want to cut the budget cannot fathom the idea that there may be something sour with our military, you know, going on. And, well, uh, when, the, the military budget has been decreased, actually, a little bit, and it's not it's it's not as much as it once was. But no matter how much they cut, they're not going to cut the black ops. I'm saying that he needs to understand. I do believe we can target some of these senators. And Diane Feinstein's the last person on Congress I con- uh, contact. She's been involved in oh, appropriate well, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's, you know, she's, uh, she's not really somebody that would help us with this. Um, I actually know someone that approached her uh, direct, directly uh-huh. and, um, and asked her um, point blank about, about our issues. And this is basically at a, um, this was at a dinner. So she was able to talk, speak directly to her and ask her about, um, this, um, this targeting. Mm-hmm. And let's see, I think what she said during the dinner was that um, she would get back to her about it. Yeah. And um, and when she did, she said that this was had something to do with intelligence and she, um, she couldn't help. Oh, wow. 
Uh, and this was somebody that was the um, the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee at that time. Right. So, um, so her answer was suspected at you know at the very least. So anyway, we know that we won't get help from Diane Feinstein. No. Um, but Congress really, Congress really uh, is not in a position to help. The only thing Congress can do, and it's the only thing I can think of that Congress could do, is cut the military budget. If they were really serious about um, this issue, they could cut um, a lot from the military. But at the same time, we realize that um, the black ops people will have their money. They will have their equipment. They will have the money to target individuals. And the military will make do with what's left over. Um, so there's really not a lot that Congress can do. They can also pass a law. They can pass a national law about uh, being targeted. Mm-hmm. So, um, but who, um, who um, at the national level will implement uh, uh, federal law is the FBI which means that we would have to take our complaints to the Bureau of Investigation if we uh, come under attack. And we already know what the FBI will do to help TIs. Have you heard anything uh, back from the affidavits that were sent in at all? Well, I'm still uh, working on that document, which I'm very close to completing. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, uh, 80 some pages now, and I had to read every single word of it to make sure it's, it was okay. So it was, uh, it was a, uh, heck of an, um, an editing job to do, I will say. Uh, plus, um, but now I'm, I'm at a point, uh, gosh, they're really affecting my speech. Um, I'm at a point now where I um, I'm at the very you know end of that um, gathering the uh, the um, the evidence for the appendix, and I really don't have to edit that. Basically, just gather those papers up. So I'm I'm hoping that by the end of the week I'll be able to gather up this document and um, and carry it to the printers. And then um, it'll be ready very shortly. Right. Keep it posted. It sounds, sounds like a pot. If you hear something good, then I I know that not everybody in the FBI is, is crooked or in on this either. Couldn't be. Uh, like you always said, it's, uh, everything's compartmentalized so much. And I know that everybody in my sheriff's department is not like that either. But there are enough to uh, to give me trouble whenever I... Um, it, you know, if I were to complain, so I don't complain. Well, <laughs> but, you know, well, I think ultimately uh, what we'll need to do is um, I think the police uh, will ultimately need to be involved in helping TIs. And there are lots of good, good cops that are unaware of what is happening. 
Yeah. At least that is my opinion anyway. I agree. Are. I've met some very, in fact, I wrote a letter to the editor about two very good law enforcement officers around here. It's when It was when terrible things were happening across the nation. And I thought, these guys are really sincere and honest and hero types, and they need credit. So um, I, I try to give credit where credit's due. But I do have to. Even if they are good Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, the, the thing is, even if they are good cops, they are still not in a position to help a target individual solve the targeting. No. They don't have the resources. They don't have the backing of the administration. They don't understand the intricacies of being targeted. You know, there is... Yeah. You know, this has to be policy. It has to be... Um, uh, protocol established. There has to be, uh, say, like a task force of of people that are trained to um, to look for what a target individual is experiencing, what are the symptoms, what are the signs, and what to do about each particular situation. All of that needs to be part of a training program. Um, it's not something that they can just walk in and do and solve, not even for one TI, because uh, each and every one of us are going through um, a variety of protocols in our life that a policeman cannot solve for us. Right. So, um, so there, are various, there are various aspects to really um, getting a hold of the situation but I believe that um, it's going to take a concerted effort on many different areas, uh, medically, um, legally, uh, psychologically, um, financially. There are people that are homeless. Uh, we need to address that situation. Um, there's just a lot of variables that go into being targeted and its repercussions that the society needs to deal with. So this is why I'm, um, I'm advocating at a city level because they can look at a, at a comprehensive solution. They are the only ones in a position to look at a comprehensive solution where many variables and many uh, disciplines can be brought into the resolution of a particular situation. Okay, what about the press? Can we not touch the press in any way, like blanket oh, the nation with Dr. Paul's book or something that will the let press, them know this is real? The press, of, if yeah. they're working with us, can be very effective in helping our cause. Yeah. And that's, As, that's, if, they're, that's if they're working with us. and. They can work with us if the administration is working with us. So what are you saying there? What I'm saying is that once the administration is on board, then members of the press would have the, um, what's the word? They would have the permission. They would have the um, um the validity, the validation that they need to write a credible story. Well, whatever happened to investigative reporting? I remember a lot of that going on 
70s, 80s, there were there were reporters who were gung ho to get out there and dig for the truth. Well, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we did have an investigative reporter that covered the Aaron Alexis story, the emails that were exchanged between myself and Aaron Alexis. That became hot news and almost became a national news story because we had the Washington Times that wrote a story about it. We had the New York Daily News that wrote a piece about it. And from there, uh, television stations saw that piece and uh, a TV station in Washington, D.C. did a story. Um, there was also a news station, uh, another news station, that wanted to do a piece about it. Actually, they did a piece about it. It's just that they weren't able to contact me, but they did a story about it anyway. Fox News did a story about this, uh, uh, the, the email and the Aaron Alexis situation. So... Um, the Associated Press also contacted me, and they wanted to do a story. Um, and I believe, though, if they had uh, if they had also did a story about this issue, it would have become national news. Yeah, and that- all this TI stuff would have been spilled in and there would be the headlines across the country about these emails and what they meant. And um, because people were asking questions. He had etched on his rifle my ELF weapon, right. and some other things that um, it was it was kind of a riddle. People wanted to know what's what's this about, and so um, so much so that the FBI got involved, and that doesn't always happen with active shooters. Um, there was so much publicity and so much. I mean. He had killed 12 people at a military at a military installation. So um, that's also why the FBI got involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so the FBI was asking questions. They actually uh, issued a press release about this um, Aaron Alexis and the conspiracy theories that he had, and um, supposedly had mental issues and you know, the uh, traditional line that they uh, spun about what happened with Aaron. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then they came to me asking questions about um, why he did it. And um, so it was was very close to being um, a major news story where the public would have gotten involved in it as well as, um, it did get a, a lot of attention because of its own merit, but it could potentially have become an issue of national concern if mm-hmm. there had been, if the AP, if the Associated Press had also gotten involved in it. Yeah, that'd be the they, way. Uh, they didn't do. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, we have other things going on. Um, ultimately, this is all coming out to the light. Um, Dave Voigt is walking across the U.S., and some things can happen with that. Uh, Tyrone Dew, you know, his efforts could uh, could bear really uh, potentially some very important fruit there, um, as well as other initiatives. So um, more and more people are finding out about this, and it's it's slowly coming to light. Um, and if something happens, it could quickly come to light. 
but we just don't know what you know that can be, but the potential is there. So um, I think this is going to be you know basically a very good year for those who are suffering, and I think that um, we we don't have very long before all this comes to light, in my opinion. Also, keep prayers. Someone said, let's see, Senator, uh, oh, goodness, why can't it seem to be, it's getting late and my brain's going, but um, ran, for, ran against Obama the first time. You mean Mitt Romney? Or, no, um, the time before that. <laughs> oh, she, he was the prisoner of war at one time, anyway. Uh, was that John McCain? Or? John McCain. John, I, I could get as far as John. Okay. Uh, one of the TIs on a call a few years ago said that during that campaign, she ran into him or she was able to ask him, and she said something about it. And she mentioned, uh, you know, the McCulture connection. And he said, I thought we stopped that. So uh, senators think they silenced all this stuff just by uh, stopping, you know, the McCulture going on. I, I do well, think it was. It would be um, a revelation just to say it did not stop. So let them know, you know. Oh well, Congress, um, Congress feels that after the MK Ultra hearings, they did their job, and yeah. the CIA stopped uh, officially stopped MK Ultra, yeah. and there was no more problem. And they were wrong. They kept going. Well, they did their job. It's you know I've talked to them. You know they did their job, and that's all they can do. Did you ever find out who was this, was it a senator or representative somebody in Ohio who came out and spoke out about it one time? One, I think you said. I'd like well, to know John how. Glenn. John Glenn. Oh, John. Well, he actually submitted a bill to Congress. Um, yeah. He submitted a bill, Dennis Kucinich submitted a bill, and both of these bills had to do with um, TIs and mind control experimentation. Yeah. And oh, had, either one, had either one of those passed, then we will probably not be dealing with this today. All right. That was even before 9-11, which took everything to the moon. Um, but it wasn't him, though. It was someone else, um, lesser-known person. But I think you said that there was one who came out and that declared that we should, uh, you know, that we should not target people. Or I don't know how, what what it, what it entailed, but it spoke out about our cause. And I think you said he was from maybe Missouri. Oh, he's talking about representative guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. He was so, a state representative. Okay. And he was supportive of TIs, but he was just one person and um, in the Missouri State House. So, you know, everything happens there by consensus. So he himself could not pass legislation for TIs. Um, what he did do was introduce legislation about... Um, non-consensual microchip implantation. Oh. Okay. And um, trying to remember whether that passed or not. 
And what I was, I've been curious, though, is to know why he got interested, why he was convinced that this is a real problem, and what motivated him to go that far, though. I'm impressed with that. I'd just like to know what what did it. There are ways that you can talk to representatives and, and uh, people in office. And I don't know whether this was a personal thing with him. I'd just like to know if I could um, find out how that happened. Because well, somebody presented the information to him, and he believed it. Okay, who did that? And how did they, what did they say? Because you can go in and tell somebody something, and they can write you off completely. Or you can go in and tell them at the right time, the right place. I don't know whether the magic is there. Whatever it is that convinced him, I would love to know how that person did it. Because I'm an ex-lobbyist for the Sierra Club, so I know that lobbying, you know, has a certain uh, way of getting there by doing, it was different because we worked with all the different organizations. You know, we came together on Greenpeace and others came together on one uh, item, clean water, clean air. But this is something where an individual going in, who did this for him? I'd love to know that. If you dig up anything on that, let me know. Because uh, well, it's uh, it's very individual, and yeah. uh, you know what convinces one may not convince the next. Right, and, but they're all they're all in office, and as soon as they get in office, what they have to do is start figuring out how they're going to get reelected, whether they're there for two years or six years or four years. That's the main well, thing, and they're working with their party. It's it's an issue. You know. It's an issue, and uh, um, a cause like ours is not something that gets people elected. So, That's um, why I want somebody like Rand Paul. He's not. He's more interested in what comes from the heart. We we need people in there who can start from the heart instead of, you know, instead of the, the position they're looking for. And there are still guys out there and women too. Uh, who are who are motivated because they want this world to be a better place. I yes, still they are. It. You know, I Absolutely. still believe that. Okay. You know, I believe that, but um, these major um, legislative bodies like uh, the State House and Congress are just way too political, and the odds of passage are just way, I mean, astronomical. They're just way against the eyes. Okay. At least, uh, at least nationally, though, we have more people than one person would have going before one city council. That's what I just I can't do it. Here. Well, yeah. I mean, we yeah. now have groups that can that can take up the cause in various areas, and we're starting to do that. Um, let me just make a quick announcement. I believe Joe said he was going to open his call after this one automatically closes. So that would be um, his uh, his call number is 89899. And let me see. Let me just make sure that... Let's see. I see Joe here. I don't know if he's in the chat room. Uh, Joe, if you're here, if you want to make that announcement, if you're going to be open after this call closes, I think you said that earlier. I just want to 
verify that. But anyway, um, if for those who would like to continue talking, Joe did say, I believe, earlier that he'd be open. 89899 is his, um, is his call ID. Okay, um, I was just informed that that room is open already, 89899. Thanks, Thank you, Derek. Okay, you're welcome. I'm wondering how this person knows about parentheses. Knows about what? I'm sorry. Oh, it's just something in the chat room. Okay. Okay. Well, God bless you. Have a good week. We'll be back next week. Okay. You also. Oh, okay.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.